on this episode, we discuss Mortal Kombat. Okay, uh, so I guess I gotta pick a character here. Um, okay, which uh, usually I like a big guy. Uh, which one's the uh, which one's the Zangief in this one? Uh, I guess uh, this guy Shao Shao Khan. Okay, he's got a hammer. Okay, let's see how he does. Wait, he's not in the movie. Okay, so I have to pick uh, this other dude. Okay, I'll I'll do this guy. Um, uh, I hope he survives. What's his name? Like Rexor or something? Okay, cool. I'm gonna be him. Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. It's me, Stuart, the number one Stuart Wellington. And it's me, Elliot Kalen, somewhere on the ranks. I don't know where I rank in comparison to other the, the Elliots. Tier, the tier list? Yeah. You're, de- you're, uh, definitely, no. you're definitely A. I don't know if I'd say S tier yet, but you're, you're getting there. I don't think I know what this system is. Does S come before system. A? I don't understand. S is the top. S, in what S tier. Why? Why? I, well, I can't believe I have to explain tier rankings. So, like... F tier would be I don't know uh, what's a bad Elliot. Uh, S tier is definitely well, Elliot Gould, right? No, uh, yeah, he's the oh, best. That's okay. true. A bad Elliot would be like Elliot from uh, Elliot from uh, like Jeremy Irons' character Elliot from Dead Ringers would be like a bad Elliot. Okay, like that's a bad. That's an F tier, I guess. Uh, okay, it goes like oh no, no F- okay, Mike. Michael Caine's Elliot from Hannah and Her Sisters. He's like a philanderer. Yeah, that's a bad Elliot. This okay, is yeah. not really explaining why. So you got S tier. You got S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier, and then usually it just goes right to F tier. But I, I feel like we're, I feel like our guests today probably have some very strong opinions on where different Elliots fall in this, right, Elliot? Uh, probably. Uh, we have guests I'd love to introduce, and then we'll talk about why Dan is feeling a little under the weather. Uh, but I'd like to introduce our guests joining us today. To talk about Mortal Kombat, a movie they specifically requested that we allow them to talk to us about, are the hosts of the podcast uh, Couples Therapy, Naomi Ekperigan and Andy Beckerman. You can see Naomi also on Apple TV's Mythic Quest, and they each also have their own podcasts. Naomi has I Love a Lifetime Movie, and Andy has Beginnings, an interview podcast. Uh, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Mortal Kombat with a K. They spelled it wrong on purpose. <laughs> it's not a typo. I feel so honored, yeah, and thank you for I can't believe us. you are allowing this to happen because I will start yelling. But also, <laughs> I do want to know: Am I the first black woman on Flophouse? You are Uh-oh. not the we first black up. woman, but I would be lying Jessica if we said we Williams. had a lot. I'd be lying. Coming if we said right we had out a lot. with a Z-way question. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted yeah. to know. I thought I would be, and it was going to be very exciting for me. Uh huh. But okay, our fine. numbers are That's not fine. great, but you're not. Yeah, the first. We, we will. <laughs> no, yeah. we don't get to, to take that. a victory lap yet. <laughs> yeah. so, we're not with the tears, by the way. In terms I of in under- terms of podcasts that have black women as guests, we're not S tier for sure. No, like, certainly not. We're not F, <laughs> but we're not S. Yeah, you know. I, just, I still don't understand them. So yeah, why I mean, is, it's like the ranking- I looked it up. And it doesn't, like, the Wikipedia on the tier system just says it. It doesn't explain it. It's very infuriating. <laughs> I feel what like it from? makes a what lot of from? sense. 
Like, wh- uh. where is the, what's the origin of this? So, system? like, if if you're, uh, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of we we just got a whole bunch of new listeners today because they're all very interested to hear us talk about uh, Mortal Kombat. So let's talk about a different <laughs> fighting game. Let's talk about say something like Smash Brothers. If you want to say if you want to rank Smash mm-hmm. Brothers characters in order of I don't know like annoyingness to play against, you could okay. put them in a tier system where S tier would be by far the most annoying, but F tier would be no, the I lowest understand, annoying. No, I understand. No, I understand which which letters correspond with anything, quality. I don't so know like why Wario, that my favorite character, of course. He would be an S tier annoying character because he has that move where he farts on you, which I think your son <laughs> Sammy would love. He would love that. Is that because you love Elon Musk too? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that. I mean, I, I didn't. I, uh, I, you know, I've watched a lot of Saturday Night Live. I like to jokingly refer to it as the TV show, the worst TV show I've seen every episode of. Um, but mm-hmm. I have not watched that episode except I've seen pictures on Twitter. Should I watch that episode, Andy? Okay, oh, you're, you shake his head. I said no as if I watched it. I know, I was like, you had to watch it unless you were you secretly you know what? watching Audrey, it when I was asleep. Audrey likes Saturday Night Live, and we watched it, and oh, goddamn, there's some bad sketches of that Elon Musk episode. Now, Dan, we should, <laughs> like, ex- we should wait, before we get into that, I want to explain, you sound a little yeah. different, you have a cold right now, so that people, yeah. yeah. So the world is healing, which means that I am not. Like, the, mm-hmm. the fact that I am, you know, vaccinated and out in the world... Even though you know, I'll I'll still wear my mask inside, with, you know, with people. Uh, but I am now being exposed again to the viruses that my lousy immune system cannot handle. Oh, so no. I have a cold. I am in Buffalo, New York. Uh, I am. Oh, no. My family is seeing one another for the first time since quarantine. We tried to pick a place to see one another. For some reason, we came up with Buffalo. It's still kind of a mystery. You wanted to be in the place where William McKinley was shot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is, that's how you rate vacation spots. We're president's shot here. Yeah. There's Texas. There's Washington, right. D.C. Mm-hmm. There's Buffalo, New York. That's it. There's no, that's, so that's e- the only place you go on vacation. Yeah. Either one of my family members gave me this or I gave it to my other family. Some of my other family members are now sick. You know, Wait, are you not from Buffalo? Like, I don't I, understand why you would ever be at Buffalo. Yeah, this is OK. So <laughs> this is very after, upsetting after. I mean, other than like a few stopovers in the Philippines uh, where her family is from and Florida, Audrey is a lifelong New Yorker. And I have been there for, you know, a couple of decades now, and I Mm -hmm. just cannot drive. And so we picked a nearby place that we could get to and was on the East Coast or my my, my family who's in Boston. They drove up. It's okay. it's close to Niagara Falls, which we went and see saw, but it is not Niagara Falls, which is a, a horrible place to be. Buffalo is a very depressed uh, former mm-hmm. industrial town, but it does have some interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you can see where Millie McKinley was shot. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 been nice, except for the fact that I am now miserably sick. <laughs> I should mention, Dan. I forgot one place you can go on vacation on your president's shooting tour: Milwaukee, oh, okay. where Teddy Roosevelt was shot. After his okay. presidency, oh, yeah. it's an, uh, another episode of Who Was. Vacation. I can't take it, Kalen. <laughs> where was Reagan shot? Yeah. In DC. In no, DC. Reagan where, where and Lincoln body? and Garfield were shot in DC. What? <laughs> where in his body? Uh, yeah, let me know. Uh, so, yeah, I, look okay, into it. let me look that up on my so, on my map of presidents' Dan, bodies. 
Dana, you go to Mar-a-Lago in an alternate dimension. <laughs> Dana, if you're feeling a little under the weather, why don't you uh, why don't you eat some of those famously spicy buffalo wings <sighs> to clear out those sinuses? <laughs> That'll wake you up. Or have I, some of those famously spicy buffalo chips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if I don't talk that much, okay, uh, just just you know, I've died. <laughs> oh, no, okay. Okay. So, okay, that's fair. That's, that's fair. It's good. You have two guests for coverage. I'm dialing nine yeah. and one on my phone. I'm just, <laughs> just gonna hover okay. and just say other. he's somewhere in Buffalo. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And so he's got a white doer. Look <laughs> for an Airbnb that is not as nice as his sister-in-law keeps claiming it. <laughs> <laughs> Rare. Oh, we know that one. Oh, we know tur- which one he's we talking exactly about. Exactly which one. It's turned into yeah. a Bravo show for a moment. <laughs> yeah, spilling tea. So <laughs> no, 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 Stuart, no, no. It's good that Stuart she has a spilling tea. It's good <laughs> it's that she's sweet. got a lot more optimism than I. Do. So this, is, so, so you listen to the Flophouse. This is a podcast where we where we rag on the Airbnbs that our sisters in law rent. Uh, but it's also a podcast where we watch a bad movie, or maybe it turns out to be a movie we like. And we talk about it. And as you may know, if you saw it listed on your app or you heard Dan mention it at the beginning or heard us mention it also afterwards, today we're talking about Mortal Kombat. Uh, came out this year. It's based on the fantasy video game of the same name, a martial arts fantasy video game. It's the directorial debut of Australian filmmaker Simon McQuoid, which is possibly the most Australian name I can imagine. Um, <laughs> and now... Mortal Kombat, I'm going to be relying, I'm going to be doing the summary today, but I'm going to be relying on Stuart's knowledge of the game franchise the most, because, a lot, because it's a, it's a franchise I know a little bit about. When it comes to fictional universe continuity, let's say Marvel Comics is like my S tier. That's what uh-huh. I know the most about. <laughs> yep. like, I'm, I know it, it's in my bones, it's in my blood. An and let's say my F tier is like Outlander, something I know exists, but mm-hmm. I don't, I've never seen more than a few snippets mm-hmm. as I walk through the room while my wife watches it. I know it's super sexy and there's time travel, but I don't know anything else about it. Mortal Kombat is like near, is not quite in the middle, but in the bottom half of my knowledge. I know that like, uh, I know Get Over Here and I know uh, Flawless Victory. <laughs> But otherwise, huh? I don't know too much about it. But did, Stu, you, did you watch? Hand. Did you watch either the movies? I did watch the original movie when it came out in the theaters. That was yeah. twenty years ago, almost. I don't remember it that well. The only thing I really remember about it, as I think I might have mentioned on the podcast before, is the lackluster intro for Pagoro, <laughs> who is just who is a four armed giant man wearing little underpants and who has a ponytail. And in the old movie, he just kind of walks on screen as if it's no big thing. And you're not supposed to care or be impressed that there's a four armed man walking around. And, and what, hey, yeah. folks, and why did you guys, to... why did you guys pick Mortal Kombat to be your movie of choice? Yeah. Okay. Andrew. So Andrew, I was saying to Elliot before we started that, uh, I think there's a little bit of like quarantine euphoria that was involved in this because when we watched this when it, it came out we we watched pretty much every film that came out on HBO Max absolutely we're maxinistas <laughs> yeah. we shop at TJ Maxx we watch HBO Max absolutely uh-huh. at all times mad max anything yeah. sam and max uh, <laughs> HBO sam and HBO Max yeah <laughs> and we watched this. I had so much fun watching this. And I don't like I, I am very aware of my mortality. So I don't purposely <laughs> watch bad movies. Oh, we'll also mm. I will stop. OK, this is a household that does not need to see it through. OK, okay? so if I'm oh, watching wow. it and I'm like, oh, absolutely not. 
<laughs> I am stopping, okay? There are animes to watch. <laughs> I don't sure. need to sit through this. My Hero Academia's new season just uh-huh. debuted. New season of My Hero Academia. The only reason why I know about S-Class is from One Punch mm-hmm. Man. Yep. Because they have classes and he wants to be an S-Class. Oh, we can talk about anyway. One Punch Man instead if you like. <laughs> We're really supposed to talk about Mortal Kombat today. I mean, I mean I'd have get... to wait till Audrey gets back. She could tell you a lot about One Punch Man. Oh, that would awesome. be a, a switcheroo. I love that. Spin-off podcast. <laughs> but... Does she know anything about Outlander? Because I don't know anything about that. I will say, you know, with the Mortal Kombat, um, what do you call it, mythology, I was watching this being like, why did they make up this complex mythology Mm -hmm. to, like, Mm -hmm. just have people fight each other? And then Audrey was like, no, no, this is from the games. Like, she knew somehow. Like, this this is all from the games, Mm -hmm. a lot of it. Yeah, well, as the games, they started out pretty straightforward. And I know that as they went on, they got more and more story elements to them. Right, Stu? Mm-hmm. Oh, but anyway, so, but uh, we should finish, yes, we should finish your story so about watching you, the movie. You asked Stuart a direct question, and then you... <laughs> I remember, but then I remembered we were in the middle of an, then yeah, answering yeah, yeah. Stuart's question from earlier. <laughs> so okay. I think, so we had so much fun watching this, and we made, and also, okay, so I think there was some quarantine euphoria. Also, I think we've been out here in Los Angeles for about almost four years now, mm-hmm. right? And this was like one of the first movies that I watched where I saw the producers' minds working in the background. You I see saw the all the you decisions. Can see the themes in Mortal Kombat. I saw all the decisions the executives and the producers made that had nothing to do with like wanting to make a good film. That had to do with like, we have a budget. Can we stick to the goddamn budget? All that, all those kind of decisions, I saw for the first time, and I, th- I was like, oh, it was like the Matrix. It was like when, um, when Neo gets his powers in the Matrix, and you start to see. See, that's mm-hmm. funny because that was your reason for me. I love action. Okay, <laughs> I'm here for a good time. I want to quip. Yeah. I want to see you defy gravity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now this motion picture absolutely bored me, and I was living. <laughs> and I screamed. I screamed the entire time. And so I wanted to talk about, because like for a genre, like I came in ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I was like, I don't need much, and, and yet, you made me real mad. <laughs> and so it just felt like, to me, I thought, what a, what a good motion picture to unpack. Mm-hmm. Right. But also, that was part of my excitement about it, was that like, all I want from these movies is fights. Like, I saw Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Is that the one before the last yeah, one? Yeah, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Mm-hmm. I saw that in the theater with my friend, and I fell asleep in the middle <laughs> of Because all I want, I, I just wanted them to fight. I don't care ab- about Kyle Chandler or <laughs> Eleven. But, did, but or, didn't, didn't you want to know how they could use biofeedback to attract the monsters to each other? That's a good, good <laughs> question. Did not, did not care for a second, not a molecule of my uh, essence, not an electron care yeah. about that stuff. You're, you're regretting All I wanted you, was... Yeah, you, you didn't go on the internet and look up at what point do they fight and then show up late to the movie just so you can see exactly. the movie. Yeah. So two hours in, yeah. So, two hours in. And this, what I did appreciate was that it was the thinnest uh, amount of exposition to get you from fight to fight. Yeah. And that I appreciated. Again, seeing the, the like the producer be like, no one gives a shit about any of their motivations. Just have them fight. Just like put in some stuff and some, some, a little bit of like peanut butter and jelly in the middle. And then yeah. Wait, all so they the want fight, to see. The fight is not the peanut butter and jelly? What is the fight then in this metaphor? Yeah, if the fight's the bread. I the don't, Nutella. I, mean, like, look, I oh, love Nutella. bread. I you're see. Not... So you're eating Nutella with peanut butter and jelly on the outside, no bread. 
It's it's just yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. No bread. It's a it's a disc. Yeah. It's a hard disc. That's the yeah. double down of sandwiches. So now <laughs> I guess the double down is a sandwich. How many? Getting no no double fair. Down. It's barely a sandwich. Double down of condiments. Yeah. Yes. It's just a double down condiment disc. The con double down. Now Stuart, yeah. uh, let me get back to the question I asked you and then interrupted you. Uh, Go on. So yeah. so the tell us a little bit about the Mortal Kombat series. Your experience with it and what is this video game series? Before we jump into this, the movie. This is basically, I mean, this is the movie event of 2021, Mortal Kombat. Sure. It may be the second biggest movie event of 2021 after that Sparks documentary that I cannot wait to see. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm surprised you haven't seen it It's coming out next yet. month, and I cannot, because oh, it, it's, it's not out yet, but I cannot wait to see it. Other than that, this is the movie event of the year. Uh-huh. Uh, what mm-hmm. is Mortal Kombat? Tell us. Well, I mean, my history with Mortal Kombat obviously was with the like the original video game. I remember my uh, pair uh, when it came out on the Genesis. I did. I played it in the arcade a little bit, but when it came out on the Genesis, my parents bought it for my brother and I for Christmas. We found it before Christmas, and we would we managed to open the packaging and play it when they weren't home, and then sneak it back into the packaging. <laughs> wow, oh, man, kids are terrible. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, it's a, it's a violent video game that originally used what, like sprites based on like photo photographs or film footage of yeah, they, actors they filmed, performing. They filmed actors, uh, doing, well, there was a great article that was online years ago where they talked to the actors who basically created the characters and the fighting styles uh-huh. and, the, and were then filmed and then they digitized the film footage and added costumes to it. And those actors never received any payment other than like the day rate they got. Oh. <laughs> That's but uh, but that I remember as a kid right. seeing it in the in the arcades, and the amazing thing about it was that the sprites looked like real people, yeah, like real people, yeah. digitized, but they looked like video footage. And then you know, gouts of fake blood would squirt out of them when you would uppercut them. Mm-hmm. And then it was super Sometimes gory. Someone's Compa- spine would come out. It yes. was like, whoa, this is not your daddy's Super Street Fighter Two Turbo. Yeah, which is relatively yeah. bloodless, you know. Yeah, it was super. Wait, violent. Stuart, this was a Genesis game. It, it came out on Genesis and Super Nintendo at the same time. Although the Super Nintendo uh, had like they altered the blood, so it wasn't as gory, and that yeah, is bullshit. N- Nintendo Genesis always saw is itself for as bad boys. Nintendo, <laughs> well, because Nintendo It'll do what Nintendo don't. Yep. Oh, <laughs> there it is. He ain't sick. He back. He back. <laughs> so I want a shirt that says that. <laughs> so knowing that this is the second movie based on a violent video game, that's third, it's third whole movie. Cl- third movie. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. So what's the other one? Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Annihilation the sequel, okay. direct sequel to the first one. Now was that a crossover with Phantasm Annihilation? Uh. Wait, which one's Phantasm Annihilation? Is that Is the that fourth the one? Is that the fourth one, I think? Yeah. Maybe. Was it a crossover with the Marvel crossover Annihilation? Uh, yes, it's all yep. those things are crossover. It's all written by Dan Abnett. <laughs> yeah, it's all Dan Abnett and Andy Lanning. Yeah. What's her name's Annihilation? Oh, right. And Natalie the, Portman's Annihilation. Natalie Portman's Annihilation. Natalie Portman's Ascent, Annihilation based, from Gotham. Based Kevin on Klein. the Area yes. X series by Jeff Vandermeer, of course. So they made a couple of... They, there was a couple of games, and then kind of recently... Uh, there was like a relaunch of Mortal Kombat for the current generation systems. This was like five, six years. I don't know. I got time wrong. Um, but this was Mortal Kombat 9, just titled Mortal Kombat. And that kind of brought the series back. Like they had kind of strayed from its basic roots. They tried to do all these like 3D shit. They did a crossover at DC, which then spun off into its own game Injustice, which is fun. Um, and then since then, they've released three games, which was Mortal Kombat, um, Mortal Kombat 10 or MKX, and then Mortal Kombat 11. And one of the big things that the, that Mortal Kombat 9 did was it it like they took another a hard look at the uh, continuity uh, continuity. My mistake. I can't I can't pronounce words today. And it, they like tell the whole in MK9 they tell the whole story of Mortal Kombat, 
and then from and then each game the story for so for a fighting game it has a very elaborate story mode so it mm-hmm. makes one wonder if you have this story mode that you can just watch somebody play through on youtube why do you need a movie? Well, we'll find out while we talk about the movie. <laughs> we'll find out, especially since the recent Mortal Kombat entries have started bringing characters from other IPs. So, like, Robocop is in there, uh-huh. and Rambo what? is in there, uh-huh. and the Terminator. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's like, and Freddy. And Freddy, who has mm-hmm. two claws because they couldn't figure out how to have the uh, have the character uh, be on either sides of the board or screen and have a claw only on one hand. So he has two claws, <laughs> and you're like, oh, I guess it's fine. That's fine. I genuinely, I genuinely hope that this movie they make sequ- enough sequels to it that they get to the point where they're like, okay, what other IP does this, you know, uh, this uh, comp- uh, whatever whoever put it out? Dan, they're we making own? that Let's movie. It it's in. called Space Jam. It's got every character from every <laughs> oh. Warner Brothers movie in it. It's okay. nuts. Uh, okay, but let's talk about it's this got one, Mr. Uniyoshi. <laughs> so. Mortal Kombat. Let's start. We begin, as most action movies do, in Japan in the year 1617. At the happy, peaceful household of loving dad, Hanzo Hashashi. Or Hashashi? Hashashi. And Hanzo's out getting some water, and you know he's got a a bad uh, past behind him because his house is attacked by by warriors. He returns to find his wife and son have been turned into sort of a frozen corpse Pieta. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Hanzo (laughs) gets mad. He kills a bunch of masked bad guys. He invents uh, Scorpion's weapon by tying a rope to a garden spade. Mm -hmm. But he does not say get over here yet because this is he's speaking in Japanese. And then he confronts the leader of these bad guys, Bihan, a Chinese Mm -hmm. warrior with ice powers. And they fight. During that fight, Hanzo gets in a great nut punch on Bihan. That was that was my moment of the fight. Uh, well, can we also talk about how Bihan just talks to him in Chinese, and then for like a good ninety seconds, and then he's like, "I don't know what you said, but I'm mad at you." <laughs> yeah, and I just thought we didn't need all that, and also, he didn't understand what he was saying. Did you notice that Sub Zero, or sorry, Bihan kills the wife and child, and then just sits back while Scorpion kills all his men. Yep. He's just sitting on a stump uh-huh. and just kind of like Watch. chilling out. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of action movie uh logic here where things happen because that's how they need to happen for fight for fights. The same way that I forgot where it was that I once saw the the this like mathematical theorem of ninjas where it was for each ninja you add the ninjas lose a certain amount of fighting prowess and strength exponentially. Yeah, and that's yeah. why a one-on-one fight with a ninja takes a long time. But if 20 ninjas attack you, you can just kill them like popcorn. Like you're just throwing them off. Yeah, you, I mean, you can't you can't fuck with the difficulty level of the encounter, Elliot. <laughs> that's true. So if it's going to be 100 overall... bad guys, they have to be kobolds or some shit. So it's the it's the overall uh, difficulty level for this for the experience and not for each individual foe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a kind of a universal um, uh, you can neither create nor destroy fight difficulty. I guess is what yes. it is. Like that's the law. Uh, I can't remember what that term is, and I'm, it's really bothering me. That I can't remember it. Uh, uh, law of conservation co- of energy. Thank you. The conservation <laughs> of fight difficulty. Yeah. Thank uh, you so much. So anyway, uh, <laughs> by the end, it doesn't it doesn't matter how many times Hanzo punches Bihan in the nuts. Bihan kills him and mm-hmm. says yeah. for Lin Kuei, which is his clan, but that's never really. His, li- his the, clan of assassins. Exactly. It's the, but that, but that, his, his clan of assassins. But like, I don't know that we ever hear that phrase again in the movie. Uh, Not at all. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and this is my problem. See, I'm already yelling. <laughs> it feels like the movie gives you like it, it felt very paint by numbers, and so it's kind of like Furley Quay, Quan Quay, and you're like, okay, do I care? 
but he said something. So check that box. Yeah. He has a reason. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's not explained. Like, yeah, it was like an improv 101. Everyone's like, wait, I have to have like a justification. Yep. This is very <laughs> relatable. This relatable. Is, yeah. This yeah is improv 101. Keep as going. Keep, yeah, as no, long as we can bring more improv terminology into it, that'll be great. So, so, so Bihan's game is that he uses ice to kill things. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, this was a Harold, you know, this would be like... First beats, first just, beats. And so at the end of this fight, that's when one of the other performers runs across the screen and says, that's our show. Good night, everybody. <laughs> so so uh, Hanzo, uh, he, you think he's been he's dead, but no. He gets back up when he hears a baby crying inside the house. But then suddenly yes. his body is burned to ash by magic fire. This yes. is never really explained, but he, it doesn't matter. Yes. Oh, then suddenly, rain, lightning, a guy with a big hat and glowing eyes appears. Uh-huh. That's like, right, Stuart, who is this? That's Raiden, baby. Now, you would expect Raiden to be played by Christopher Lambert, because that's who he was played him in the original. It's not him. It's a different actor. Because, uh, you know, different <laughs> actors play the same character. It's weird. Uh, have you ever heard of James Bond? <laughs> so, the uh, and Raiden shows up, takes the baby, bounces out. And at this point, you should fast forward until the last fight of the movie. And then the movie's pretty good. <laughs> you are very yeah. accurate. Sure. You are very accurate. Uh, Stuart is right that Lord Raiden... Lord Raiden is not played by Christopher Lambert. He's played by Tadanobu Asano, who you may remember from Ichi the Killer or Electric Dragon, 80,000 oh. Volts. Uh, he's in a lot of And, a and lot speaking of, stuff. of actors, the uh, the two actors, uh, Bihan and Hanzo Asashi, are both... Uh, are both played by great actors, arguably the best yeah. actors in the movie. I mean, yes, oh, yeah, and they oh, gave for sure. Two, oh my well, this, god, this is something so good. This is something that you see in a lot of movies that have a western and an eastern cast. Like Martin Scorsese's Silence is like this, where they have your bit. Your there aren't huge stars in this movie, but you have like the the American stars or you know American or European stars, and then you have the Japanese or Chinese cast, and the Asian actors are so much better. And so that's right. such a higher level of character yep. reality, even for a movie as ridiculous as this, or character intensity. Know. You know, like you watch Silence and you're like, oh, the Japanese actors in this are Silence, so good. Silence, Mortal you Kombat, know. same thing. Yeah, same movie, <laughs> same favorites. Movie. Look, Tadanobu Asano, also in Silence. <laughs> Andy and I believe in this household, you know, we often say we stand an international co production. Yes. And this is just international co pro at its finest because you've got these great actors, and then like a random white girl shows up and you're like, who are you? How did you get here? International co-production. <laughs> yeah. You don't make sense with the vibe, but we legally had to have her in it. Yeah. Right, like the yeah. Meg. Like the Meg, which she was in, another international mm-hmm. co-production. Sonya Blade, you mean. Sonya Blade, yes, but we'll get there. We'll get Sonya Blade, Jessica McNamee. But like uh, Joe Taslim, who plays Bihan, later Sub-Zero, is fucking awesome. Like he's in The Raid, he's in The Night Comes For Us. He's a fucking badass. Beat the shit out of me, daddy. He's amazing. And he's great, like, even covered in, like, super, what is obviously, like, super heavy, unwieldy armor that he later rips off in an awesome fight. Um, <laughs> like, he's still great. Like, he brings such great energy mm-hmm. to the, what little he gets to do in this movie. Yeah. If you want a international co-pro, this is a TV show now, not a movie, but if you want one where the acting is superior, is, like, is like super on both sides of the Continental Divide, Giri Haji. Absolutely. Hmm. Just think about that, guys. I will. Think about about that. We're not going to say more. That's all I'll be thinking about the rest of my life, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Just think about that. Uh, So the important thing is Lord Raiden shows up. He's super powerful. He has lightning powers. Uh, He takes the baby and then lightning teleports away. Cut to 
on-screen text, which mm-hmm. explains that Earth is about to lose an international inter- interdimensional fighting competition and be invaded by the evil Outrealm. But a prophecy yeah. says Outworld. that Hanzo's blood will raise new warriors, and it is a lot of concept to suddenly dump on us. And it's like the movie yep. is like, you're here for the fights. Like, you give a shit about this? Mm-hmm. Here's the backstory. Who cares? Like, we'll just dump it on you. It doesn't matter. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the Mortal Kombat tournament, because... <laughs> This the the rules of this thing are just yes. wild. They're a little flexible. Yes, Dad. Yeah. Cuz like yeah, we're like apparently you have to win 10 of these tournaments uh-huh. to take over. Mm-hmm. And so this is the 10th, you know, we got to have stakes, so we're we're you're jumping in at number 10, but at that point like just simplify it for the audience maybe. Just make this the important tournament. But also apparently it is totally legal that you can kill the competitors outside of the tournament <laughs> Ahead of time. in order... Not legal. They yeah, specifically it's, say it's against it's like the it. rules. But also, they say it's against the rules, but there is no authority higher than the, the main bad guy and the main good guy. Whoever right. involved... It's yeah, not like the living is... tribunal shows up to to uh, to pa- pass judgment. It's just like, Shang Tsung, you're not allowed to do this. And Shang Tsung is like, ooh, but I guess I'll do it anyway. Like, there's... Who's yeah. the, who made the who's rules? Who's the main guy? Like, if there was no repercussions for Tanya Harding, you know, doing... <laughs> I mean, she did lose, Dan. I mean, and also, she, it wasn't really her fault, and she did lose, I'm so... Saying, if there were none, you know, like, this this Mortal Kombat treats it the same way. Like, okay, I guess I'll allow it. There's nothing you know? in the rule book that says you can't kill the opponents before the competition. <laughs> who's the main Outworld guy? Uh, wait, in What's the in name? the movie, Shang Tsung. Is that it? Well, there's Shang Tsung, says... and then there's oh, in the movie it's Shang Tsung, but there's also Shao Kahn and Shinnok and all these other guys. <laughs> in this movie, no, it's... because he says, "Leave the Elder Gods to me." And then later in the movie, I wrote this down. He wrote, "The Elder God, the other gods are too lazy to stop me." No, that's his <laughs> justification. Mm-hmm. He says, "Leave them to me," and then he's like, "Nah, I, we don't have to worry about them. They, they don't want to get off their asses." And you're just like, okay. Well, then why even have an elder god if these elder gods are too tired? Like, it doesn't even make sense. But here's the thing, though. As you said, a movie that's just about fights, why not then make the whole movie these 10 tournaments? Yeah. Yes. Or just now that would have given me something. Or have the movie be the tournament as opposed to the movie being the prep for the tournament, which is (laughs) ridiculous. Like, this is. This is like the it's like the 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 gory martial arts version of the Big Lebowski, where there's the big build. They're building up to a bowling tournament that you're never actually going to mm-hmm. see. Like, but uh, it's the, oh, but, it's and, the unveiling of the tallest building in Philadelphia. Like, it's yes, all that's over. exactly <laughs> what it is. Oh, that movie! I was thinking about that the other day. Just how funny it is when when uh, Split looks over to the building and is like, "And now." <laughs> To go to it, and then they knock him down, and he never gets there. Oh, yeah. anyway, okay. So uh, we meet. Now we're going to meet our hero. We're in, we're at meeting Cole. He's a youngish guy, but he's already a has been underdog MMA fighter. His teen daughter is always like, "Cole, Dad, use your uppercut." He never listens to her, and he loses the match because he, for some reason, and it's such maybe an he easy move. You just yeah. hold down and hit the punch button. <laughs> I mean, maybe he made a promise to his dying master that he would never use the uppercut. I it's don't know. It's not like a shuriken, which is hard to do because you have to hit forward, down, and then down forward, which is a weird motion to master. Down, down, forward. Yeah. Oh uh, so we go to Outworld. This is where the bad guys live. Of course, it's like a big evil desert with mountains and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Behaner's reporting to his master, Shang Tsung. Okay, Shang Tsung, he wants to take over the earth, make everybody have fun tonight, everybody Shang Tsung tonight. Stuart, tell us about Shang Tsung. What do we need to know about this mean dude? I mean, he's like a evil sorcerer guy, right? And he sucks people's souls out of their body, and he has the move where he can like transform into other characters. That's pretty cool, right? He doesn't yeah, do any cool. transforming in this movie. 
Didn't have the budget, I'd imagine. They did not have a transformation budget. Nope. Uh, so he, he's played by Chin Han, who, according to uh, Wikipedia, was in the Ghost in the Shell movie. So he's a flophouse repeat. Nice mm-hmm. to see you again, Chin Han. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so Shang Tsung, he's a real mean bad guy. He wants to take over the Earth for some reason. He's worried about the prophecy that says that Hanzo's blood will raise a new class of warrior that will stop him. He's like, Bihan, just go to Earth and kill all the champions before the Mortal Kombat competition, which is very funny. I'm afraid that we're going to lose to them in Mortal Kombat, so go fight them where there are no rules, and they can do whatever they want and go kill them. And Bihan goes, I'm Sub-Zero now. And it's like, oh, sorry, dude, okay. <laughs> I didn't know you rebranded since the 17th yeah. century, Okay. Now, why do you think? Why that, do you, the late his his recording label actually owned his old name, yeah. so he had to change. Oh, that. that's why. Right, right, that's right. Why. Did you get the email from my publicist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody stole his account and is uh, holding it hostage. <laughs> uh, here's okay. So Cole is going to meet ex-military tough guy Jax, spelled J-A-X. Uh, Absolutely. And Cole is like, yeah, anyway, I'm a fighter. I got a birthmark shaped like a dragon. Take a look at it. And Jax follows Cole's family to a hamburger stand where. It suddenly starts snowing in July. What could that mean? Uh, it means Sub Zero is on the attack. Luckily, Jack saves this them. Is, in this is truck. pretty cool. I got. I got to say, you know, like they. Then this, th- you know, talk about is, it. Talk about it. Paint us a word. This picture. movie is filled with. Thank you for the permission. <laughs> this movie is uh, filled with uh, CGI, you know, and that can look cheesy. But I really kind of liked the the snow mysteriously starting to fall and then like falling backwards up into the air and then being assaulted by ice. I thought that all looked cool. Yeah. Pretty good special effect. Uh, also a great special effect. Uh, that's a, a practical effect, a real life effect. Jax's arms. That guy has such huge I said biceps. The same thing. Yeah. I said they were too much. I was, I, I thought too they much. were out of control. I thought it was excessive. And I yeah. was like, is he doing that thing where, you know, you, um, you like uh, fold your arms, but then you like push them mm-hmm. up with your Maybe. fists because they were just really. Makad Brooks, you guys. Makad Brooks yeah. is always coming through, giving us very like snackable. Look at me, I'm hot and buff mm-hmm. energy. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to have those kind of arms? Absolutely not. I find them overwhelming. But you kept your body the same except for the arms. <laughs> that could be good. Okay, interesting. You can think about that. Don't. Uh, no. <laughs> Uh, Naomi, I've got good news for you about the arms, bad news for Jax. Don't get used to those arms because we're not going to see them too much more in the movie. Uh, Jax is but, like, oh, yeah, so, sorry, keep talking about his arms. No, okay, first of all, yes. So, yes, literally everything you're saying, Elliot, is as bare as it was written in the movie because Cole is like, I fight. He has his daughter. It's like, is she eight? Is she 40? Mm-hmm. And then we don't, and then like they go right after the thing, but then it's like, where are you? Where are we located? Oh, yeah. right. I don't know. Was this like what, Dayton, Ohio? Where are they we? Could be we in, they could be in Texas. They could be in Brooklyn. Yeah. They could be in Ohio. Yeah. They could be in Washington State. It's it's impossible definitely, to know. Yeah. Definitely Earth realm, though. Yes, it is. <laughs> right. They are in Earth. They're in, Earth I think realm. we can narrow it down to the United States of America or Canada. Earth but realm. otherwise, you know, it's a... And, and, and it's, can I point out that Cole is a completely new character. This character has never been featured okay. in a Mortal Kombat game yeah. or movie. Oh, really? Brand Why new. Do you think, okay. Do you think it's to avoid uh, accusations of favoritism that they made the main character of the movie a new character? Well, it's weird because the crea- like the main guy behind the game is this guy, Ed Boon, who famously his favorite character is Scorpion. Which is kind of why Scorpion over the years has morphed into like more of a good guy. Because he was like... A fire-breathing skeleton ninja guy with a th- a thing, 
and like you know the the spear that he throws and he's and scorpion has become more and more like the face of the game like if you go to a, a GameStop for some reason and want to buy a mortal Kombat game it probably <laughs> has scorpion on it i mean please go to GameStop. i bought a lot of stock and i would so- <laughs> like the business to be better. <laughs> but like it I, I assumed they were gonna just make him make cole scorpion but no 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 no, change, no, no. Change for some reason, and I wonder if they're like trying to build him up to put him in a game, or if they wanted to be eligible for the best new character Academy Award. Like you can't have <laughs> yeah. a pre-existing character, uh-huh. but that I didn't realize that, and it, it that makes sense though because Cole is also a pretty bland, kind of basic character. There's like not much well, going on with him. You know, he's in, he's also in Woo Assassins. This actor, mm-hmm. and that's a Netflix show. You know, and that's just also giving us martial arts and fun. I told you, I watch it. I don't need much. Yeah. and he's fun in <laughs> Woo Assassin. He's like kind of like the hot, cool fuck boy yeah. of like the main character, like the best friend. And then he's like, but he's also like a good guy underneath. You know uh-huh. that kind of energy. And so, like when I saw him, I was like, oh, he's fun. But they literally just have him smize the entire film. He's what we call a CW. He yes. is a model that they just put into, like the, like someone's like, well, we can make more money off of you if you act, too. <laughs> oh. you guys, so they you, made him an actor. But he's really just a model. He but doesn't, he's also a good fighter. Like, he knows how to fight, yeah. you know? So he is like, but in this movie specifically, he's giving you CW, again, like all the CW shows. Like, he's giving you just like, looks you know what i mean mm-hmm. he's giving you angles cheekbones blue steel but has no response to anything that's happening to him def- yeah no one has a response in this entire thing crazy shit happens every two minutes yes and no one yeah. has no. any kind of response except for one character well one of the one of the things yet to be introduced yes one of the one of the we'll get we'll get to them the the, the yeah. so uh, Jax saves them in his truck, and he's like, I got the same dragon birthmark. We're marked as Mortal, as Mortal Kombat champions. Instantly, Cole and his family are like, that makes sense. Yeah, we're on board. Exactly. <laughs> I get it. Mystical exactly. champions. All right, well, exactly. what do we do? And uh, Jax is like, go find my partner, Blade. And I was like, wait, Blade, the vampire killer? No, it's Sonya Blade. Oh, no such luck. Anyway, yeah. not good. IP. He's like, go to Gary Indiana. Here's an address. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Like, where are you in relation to Gary and Dean? Yeah. yeah. Also, you know, uh, up there with Buffalo is bad places to go. Uh, before we get too far away from it, uh, well, the Dan, CW. I've heard nothing but good things about Gary and Deanna and the one song that I know about it. Mm, what a wonderful place. Yeah. Named for Albert Gary of judiciary fame. Gary, Indiana. Like a Shakespeare would say, trips along softly from the tongue this way. Anyway. um, so Dan, are you channeling someone else right now? What, where did that yeah, all I, come I from? Yeah, I was. <laughs> Professor fucking Harold Hill, oh, man. Right, right, yeah. Um, no, I. Sorry, no, I was just you look like you went to a fugue state. But anyway, you're saying. Yeah. We, <laughs> your eyes, your pupils got white. <laughs> before we get too far away from the CW, I just want to say that I like what we're, you know, we're unpeeling what we're seeing about this relationship. That you guys have a lot of jargon around your household. You know, you like there's <laughs> a lot of <laughs> media <laughs> jargon that you know you build up. Yeah, that was it's it. True. That was it. Thank you for understanding how our love has lasted this 11 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Based on having a closed loop terminology that is impenetrable <laughs> yep. to the outside world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every relationship needs a glossary. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he's like, go find Sonya Blade. I'm going to go fight Sub-Zero. Not a good idea. After creeping around in an inc- entirely frozen abandoned building, pretty much. Oh, no, I guess it's entirely frozen later on. Uh, Sub-Zero yeah, later, yeah. freezes Jax's arms, and then they shatter, and then Jax falls down and hits his head. There is, there is the great line. In a violent way. Yeah, when, yeah, they, when they first face off, and Jax says, I did six tours, motherfucker. And you're like, yeah. against ice wizards? <laughs> 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 
Also, one of the, I know. one of the things in this movie that took me by surprise at first was I forget like '90s action movies. There's tons of swearing, and I just take it in stride. But modern action movies, because so many of them, I guess, are pegged around a PG-13, hopefully, audience or even like a mm-hmm. soft R audience. They don't swear as much, and there's a ton of swearing in this movie. And for some reason, when a character would be disemboweled and their guts would fall out, that would shock me less than hearing a character be like "fuck this asshole," and I'd be like, "Wait, <laughs> what?" I mean, it really felt like they were. Doing it excessively to like be like, fuck you, dad. We can swear in our movie. Like, that's the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This totally felt to me like it was a 90s Saturday morning cartoon that they remade in a live action and were like, now we can put in all the swears we want. You know, <laughs> now we can yeah, finally have reptile and uh, Goro do it. Like they, we never were only able to hint <laughs> at in the in the TV show. I mean, that would be difficult with reptiles' uh, acidic spittle. I mean, I think that would cause problems for Goro. But that's I mean, possible. I'll, that's I'll no watch question. anything once. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of, we're back in Outworld. Shang Tsung is talking to his lady fighter, Melina. But then he's like, "You don't go. Send in Sizoth, the reptilian." Now this is the character reptile basically, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or is it not? Because he yeah, doesn't yeah. look like what I'm used to. I'm used to character reptile being just scorpion, but with different colors. Yeah, oh, when they... that's why that thing was there. Mm-hmm. I didn't put together that it was sent. Because I was literally like, what is this character? <laughs> like, I was like, yeah. what Scary is this? Indiana, yeah, okay, you know? Maybe... <laughs> you just thought it was his own initiative? You thought the reptile, like, that, yes, that wizard? Yes, I was the, literally uh... like, it's just, it's just like showing up places because it can, like, sense... The, like... Since the um com- oh. the combatants, the I think it's like half alien, half predator because it's got like acid yeah, saliva, but it, can but turn it also has cloaking. Right, uh, it looks both, like both characters that have been in Mortal Kombat games. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it also looks like Spider Man's the lizard. So uh-huh. it's, right. So uh, so anyway, like I said, Cole and his family they instantly believe Jax's crazy story, and Cole leaves his family behind after they've been attacked by an ice samurai monster uh, to go find Sonya Blade. And when he gets to her, what like trailer home? Uh, mm-hmm. It's like a or like a mobile home that's you know stuck on the ground. Like a junkyard. She shows, yeah, yeah. Uh, she shows Cole her evidence dungeon about how people have been fighting in the mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat tournament for centuries, and Cole has a hallucination of Hanzo for a moment. But then, uh oh, he gets kicked out of that by Kano, our next big character. Uh, Kano. Kano is yeah. a douchebag Australian mercenary that Sonya has <laughs> chained to a chair in her house. Stuart, tell me about Kano. What, what can you tell me about Kano? Well, Kano's like uh, was like a like a sub villain in the the original games, and he's always been an Australian like mercenary gunrunner bad oh. guy. Uh, in the games, all his moves are like kind of aggressive and extra shitty. And he has this one move where he like rolls up into a ball and flies across the screen, which doesn't quite fit with his other moves, but it's pretty <laughs> hilarious. And it's a it's a good strategy to build because you can just keep slamming people around with your flying ball body. Yeah, that's <laughs> called, in my in my marriage we call that an FBB, a flying ball body. That's that's just uh-huh. the term that we use yeah, yeah. Cool. in our house. Uh, so he turn. It turns out. So Kano is. We've set up our main characters. Cole is the innocent, uh, young, hot guy who is kind of too noble for this world. Sonya is the lady who uh, is trying her best to be a Mortal Kombat champion because she doesn't have a dragon mark. And Kano, who has a dragon mark because he killed a champion and the mark transferred to him, is the like wisecracker. He's like the wisecracking asshole who just kind of is like what. Well, I'm not gonna do that. Why I oughta that kind of Why stuff. Why can you become a champion just by killing somebody else? Shouldn't the very nature of committing a murder mean you are not champion material? <laughs> I mean, it's so I the like fact that argument. Kano is even up in here because he's like, "Oh, I killed this guy, and he happened to have a mark. Now I got the mark." Well, that don't check out. 
I thought you wanted to win, Earthrealm. Now, uh, if you want to win this, you can't just be giving any old body a mark. It reminds me of in the movie at the end of the movie Gods of Egypt, where all throughout that movie, whether you get into heaven or hell is decided by how rich you are. And at the end, they go, you know what? Maybe it should be based on whether you're a good person or not. From now on, only good people will get into heaven. And it was like, what system was this beforehand? Like, why would you ever have it the other way? What are you doing? But I will will point out out this whole like weird mark shit, this arcana that they talk about, which is a weird mark that you get if you kill somebody else that has the mark. Or I guess you're born into a lineage of people with a mark, which is arguably worse. Um, The uh, it also is keyed into some weird magic power shit. This is all new. This is not from the games. It doesn't make any sense. It feels oh, like something that like uh, like an executive is like, I want to put my own stamp on the Mortal Kombat universe <laughs> by introducing yeah. some dumb bullshit. Well, it feels like there are a couple different parts of this movie where, and I always am impressed by this, when there's a movie based on a video game and they're like, I guess we have to come up with a story reason to explain why... Uh, why a ninja who can breathe fire is fighting like a vampire woman in the middle of a temple somewhere because in the game of course you really don't need a reason but no. here this they really feel like they're yeah they're trying to build in a backstory to explain i think why people have these abilities at all whereas in the game it's just kind of like here's a crazy bunch of weirdos like here's a bunch of super powered nuts yeah, yeah. Yeah, but we don't have time. I want a Kano movie, by the way. Yeah, he was the only—he was the only one having fun with it. Kano he was, was the only having, one having fun with it. He was having fun with it, but the lights go out. Uh oh, that invisible reptile monster with the acid blood attacks. Sizoth, working together, they kill it. They manage to like stab a flare into its body so that they can see where it is. Uh, and Kano rips out its heart and says, "Kano wins," which is one of many Kano little wins. eye winks at the audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and Kano was like, I, can t- I saw Lord Raiden's temple. I could take you there for $3 million, mate. And they tell him they'll That's pay so him good, that. That's so good. That's amazing. That was so good. Yeah. Was it's like a Hemsworth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I feel the- like I'm in Melbourne right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the way there, uh, Cole has another vision of Hanzo, but don't have time for that. And the visions nope. don't really matter. Doesn't doesn't matter. Nope. They parachute into the desert. Uh, where instead of parachuting to the place where they want to go, they parachute like a couple miles away so that they can walk the rest of the way. Right. Okay. And those are favorite. It's like, okay, is that what you consider a story turn? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we need to pad this a bit. Maybe they don't, they have to walk a little. And, and it's also, again, we have to go, because this is from the beginning, like, we are starting with Cole, right? We are supposed to, our entree into this world is supposed to be this guy who is a fighter, who's not very good, though, but he has a daughter. And, you know, whenever a man has a daughter, he's our hero. Yeah, he's got heart. And so and so he has his daughter. But you're like, Cole, like, these people just showed up. Somebody made it snow in July and <sighs> then froze the street. And then you had to go to Gary, Indiana. How are you feeling? <laughs> Where are you emotionally with this journey? And he's just like walking. He's just walking. Mm-hmm. He's just hanging. He ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> and that is so strange to me. For all the work of building the backstory. Maybe he's dead inside. But he has that daughter. If you have a daughter, you can't be dead inside. That's the hero <laughs> code. <Yeah. laughs> That's the rule. Well, he's a fam- He's a family man. I mean, in his perfect world, he would be played by Tom, a young Tom Hanks. And that's how you, uh-huh. and he'd bring all that, you know, character to him. Uh, I mean, the young Tom Hanks would be ripped in this version of the scenario, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, like Bosom Buddies era, when he was like really like. When he was working yeah, just, out a lot. Bosom Buddies yeah, era, when he was shredded. like, he had those 40 inch pythons. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, there's Cole is, I mean, he's just a, he is a total blank. He is an open doorway for us to walk into the world of Mortal Kombat. And there is otherwise not much there. Uh, and, yeah. But, and there's, there's this rivalry between Kano and Sonya that is instantly has so much more personality than anything that 
Cole is doing. Yeah. And Kano taunts yeah. Sonya into attacking him, and he's like, kill me then, take my dragon mark. But she won't do it. Uh, but that's okay, because suddenly out of the sunset, who's walking in? It's Liu Kang with mm-hmm. his karate fire hands. Stuart, uh-huh. tell me about Liu Kang. Yes. Liu Kang was always kind of like the, was like kind of the bland good guy who- Until Cole a- came along. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and, I mean, Colt kind of is filling the role that Liu Kang normally would fill. Uh, at some point, he he's like the lover of Princess Katana, who's the daughter of Shao Kahn. Uh, and he is like a monk, and he uh, can turn into a dragon in some of his fatalities. You know, guys, the like the collective amount of bullshit that is in all of our brains, you know? Yeah. I don't know what we could do with it, but if we could harness that power somehow. I mean, we did. It's called the Flophouse. Yeah, this is yeah. the only way to do it. I don't... Uh, it all swirls together, creates some kind of, like, Lovecraftian yeah. dark god <laughs> that will destroy the Earth. Mm-hmm. Made of fictional mythoses and things. Uh, good news, they get to Raiden's cave. They know they learn about the past because the cave is decorated with historical Mortal Kombat murals, and as we know from the Zack Snyder Justice League... It's all about League, wall work. That's what they do in this movie, right? Yeah. Like, Sonya has a wall, and now there's a wall mm-hmm. in this cave, and just the let the wall tell the story, uh-huh. okay? No one has time to talk to you. No one has time for a flashback. Just let the wall... Do it. Do it's just it. like in, in the Justice League movie. Murals are the best way to communicate complicated backstories. And that's the interesting <laughs> difference between Earthrealm and Outworld, because the heroes of Earthrealm decorate their walls, whereas Outworld, they have no walls. Not even the throne no room. Wall. It's just like a cliff... <laughs> Yeah, just yeah an, uh, what just... were those people doing in the background, by the way, in Outworld? They were just, like, wandering around? Is that what happened? Yep, going I on a pilgrimage. So. I mean, no wonder they want Earthrealm, because there's stuff here. There's, like, yep. nothing in Outworld. So, like, right. who wouldn't want... I mean, if anything, you totally sympathize with the people of Outworld who just see Earthrealm, and they're like, look at all the things they have. Mm-hmm. Like, we have nothing. We, we, and yeah. they're not offering it to us, so we better go in and take it. Uh, you know? Right. Remember the George Carlin bit about how Outworld doesn't have stuff and Earth <laughs> yeah. has yeah, famous Mortal Kombat stuff bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, the the yeah. seven fatalities you can't do in the Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Outworld is all, is all one big, like, concept art drawing for, like, a, a, a desert. That is Outworld. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Outworld is, it's your basic yeah. Tatooine, Arrakis, uh, place yeah. that the tuning forks take you in Phantasm, mm-hmm. where it's just like yeah. an open wow. desert and there's Two no stuff. Phantasm there. references. I've been yeah. thinking about it's Phantasm cheap. a lot it's lately. Cheap. Yeah, it's cheap. I think that's the point. You know. Yeah, and it's um, very cheap. Yeah, because there's no stuff. You don't have to fill it with anything. Uh, <laughs> oh wait, can I quick point out something that we only saw on the second time watching the movie? Please okay. do. Um, when fighting that reptile, when they're fighting the reptile, when like. Con- Kano, 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 and Sonya Blade, <laughs> like <laughs> when, when keynote speaker when, when, keynote when speaker, Kino Lorber is fighting the reptile, yeah. <laughs> or when someone asks Sonya, "Where's your marking?" and she goes, "I don't have one." And then Kano in the background goes, "Wah wah." That's <laughs> <laughs> great. And I only saw that the second time, and I died. Yeah. It was so funny, yeah. and that's what I wanted more of. That's yeah. what I love. I'm like, give me the wah wah in the back. And I also <laughs> love that it was in the background. There was no need to cut to him. Just like let me hear yeah. that and really enjoy that. And that was very delightful. It was the kind of energy that like the first Mortal Kombat had where it was like this weird, uh, the original Mortal Kombat movie had this, it was like a weird tournament at this rich sorcerer's magic island where like all these weirdos just showed up because they're like, I want to fucking battle. And 
<laughs> you had like a little bit of everything. You had like jerks like Johnny Cage. You had jerks like Kano. You had Sonya Blade who wanted to kill Kano. You had Agoro. It was great. Uh, but this movie, it's like the motivation is just like protecting Earthrealm. Who gives a shit about that? I want people who want to go to a fucking tournament on a magic island. Well, because the first Mortal Kombat <laughs> is very much still in a, in a time when martial arts means enter the dragon. Like, it's still mm-hmm. living in that world where, like, if you're going to have martial arts fighting, it's going to be kind of a, a enter the dragon type of space. But now it's in the world of Marvel movies where it's like, if we play this right, every single one of these characters is going to have their own movie. And we're going to have, like, a trilogy yeah. where they go to Outworld and overthrow mm-hmm. Shang Tsung or whatever. So it's... They gotta, they gotta add all this junk. When yeah, it'd be so much more fun if it was just like you just saw all these characters getting on planes and buses heading to the tournament. You know, it's way better. Yeah. Anyway, Jax is also at Lord Raiden's temple. His arms are gone and he is unconscious. Uh oh, what's gonna happen to Jax? Uh, oh god. Liu Kang is like, you guys need to train or Earth will be ravaged. And he introduces them to Lord Raiden, who is visibly disappointed that these are the people who showed up. <laughs> Absolutely. He's like, you don't even have a mark, woman. I don't know what you're doing here. Yeah. You're a liability. Who invited her? Like, Three or four of them show up, right? Like it's just like this tiny group. Like, hey, <laughs> hey, uh, we like, thought we're we might here. Fight. Uh, I heard this wasn't a birthmark, so I'm here to find <laughs> yeah. you guys. Like, Do I so... get, like, a coupon for some Dairy Queen yeah. or something? What's he the... turns to Cole, and he's like, and what are you? Like, who are you? What is your deal? Like, why are you here, Cole? I have a daughter. <laughs> that's not enough. <laughs> like, that's not enough. Uh, I don't think so I don't think they could give away a coupon to Dairy Queen because uh, mm. blizzards are Sub-Zero's weapon. Oh. <laughs> Very good. well put, Stuart, because Sub-Zero shows up and he starts fighting Liu Kang, but then he gets saved by a guy with a really wide hat. Mm-hmm. Stuart, that's who's Kung this guy with the... Elliot, the funny thing about you asking me this is that when uh, when <laughs> it's a funny thing we talk about Kung Lao of all people uh, is when I went and saw this in the theater. I went with my buddy Riff. We went to a uh, five o'clock. Riff? Yeah, my buddy Riff. Uh, we he's went- a junkyard oh, cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went to we went to a five p.m. screening. We were the only people in the movie theater, so I felt totally comfortable. Anytime a character like, for instance, Kung Lao would show up, I could turn to him and be like, "Hey, Riff, that's Kung Lao." He obviously <laughs> knew it was Kung Lao already, not only because the character announces it as soon as he arrives, but also because he's a fan of the video games like me. And we would, uh, but oh, we would laugh. It's so funny. <laughs> I would I would like to say, uh, you know, as someone who knows Riff, um, the person you are imagining when you hear the name Riff is Riff. That's Riff. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Great. Thank yeah. you, absolutely. Yeah, he is. Great. It's like he my friend Thor. Name. He's a total Riff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Thor is a real Thor, too. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. That wasn't a joke? Nope. <laughs> what a life you live, Stuart. Oh, it's with his cabinet of figures <laughs> and and eating whole mangoes, no bites. Just giant you guys, he was having giant slurp, chunks of mango, down. no right. bites. He just put the mango the whole mango in his mouth and pulled out the the skin and the pit. Pulled out a yeah. fish skeleton, which is the weird thing. <laughs> Uh-huh. Somehow. Right, him and Riff. So uh, <laughs> Luke Kang is like, hey, you each have special powers called Arcana, and you're going to figure what that are. You're, they're going to merge through training. The more you fight, the more your Arcana comes out, but only if you have a dragon, dragon mark, Sonya. And also Jax gets <laughs> robot arms, but they're really like little and wimpy. Like <laughs> the they look like Johnny guys. Five's arms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, yes! And so now it's a lot of training. Cole is training against Kung Lao's razor hat, and there's this part 
I think it's the only part of the movie. There's a lot of synth on the score, and I was loving it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I loved the score in that part. I'm a big sucker for synth. Uh, as I, again, as I said, it's the Sparks movie. That's what I'm most yeah. excited about. This there's year. a lot. There's <laughs> a lot of fighting that takes place in this like sand pit area, and I yes. hope you like mm-hmm. it because that's basically where all the fights are going to take place. You're going to see yeah. a lot of yeah. fighting in the sand. Uh, it's training, training, yeah. training. Uh, and Jax's confidence are down because it's down because he's got these skinny robot <laughs> the arms that don't punch arms. very well. And Sonya right. gives and him a Cole pep talk. Cole can't get his arcana. Cole can't get his arcana. But here's the thing, too, again. So we have this fight, right? We know it's the last fight. They're in this realm that's just like a sand, sandbox. Mm-hmm. Are they there a day? Are they there an hour? No idea. What's happening on Earth? Right. The wife and the daughter are in some house where I'm like, they're like house a cabin is this? somewhere. Yeah, a cabin. But it's like, and like stuff like that to me, where I'm like, you could give me a sense of how time is passing and why maybe we care. Like whenever like Earth is in danger, right? There's nothing I love more than like a little pop to Earth and like mm-hmm. suddenly locusts fall from the sky. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're like, oh God, <laughs> yeah. the bridge is breaking, uh-huh. the space time. <laughs> or put a calendar in the corner. Mm-hmm. Put a calendar in the and corner the and show the pages fly off. Yeah, sure. Yeah, fly beard off. grows super long. <laughs> Super long. I think Cole should have a long beard as he's tr- by the time he's done training. Yeah, I or see if you're ZZ Top, your long beard gets longer. <laughs> yeah, longer. even longer. Yeah, until you're tripping over it. I want to see them. They have a page a day calendar in the corner, and you just see the pages falling off. And then Liu Kang is like, close that window. It's blowing all the pages off the calendar. <laughs> so what about just a clock and you see the, the thing yeah. spin? And Liu like Kang is helicopter. like, hey, someone fix that clock. It's spinning too fast. <laughs> and that's exactly. And fans yeah. of the of the games would clearly see that's a reference to Kronika, the bad guy from one of the later Mortal Kombat entries. Oh. Wow, Stuart. S- sneak into the album? The marijuana-themed Mortal Kombat Is it Kronika an album? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. She used the Necronomicron. Uh, okay. Now, we know they're there at least two days because they're eating dinner at one point, and Kano is uh-huh. super rude to everybody. And Luke, Lu and Kung, they just taunt him until he starts shooting eyes lasers out of his eyes. And he's like, yes, my arcana, it's an eye laser. Coles still won't come out, even no. after they hit him a bunch of times. It just won't yep. come out. They don't know. And Raiden is like, hey, Cole, you descended from, from Hanzo's baby that I saved Go to your family. I don't need you here anymore. You're just a baby to me. <laughs> He's like, you are very disappointing. You can leave. And then he opens a portal and goes like, okay. He's like sad, but he doesn't really put up a fight. Yeah. He's like, Does okay. Anyone explain why Earthrealm waited so long to gather everyone? I, don't know. Really I feel like someone's memo didn't get sent. So like, it really <laughs> seems like a letter got lost along the way, and they're like, oh, shit, is it right. that day already? Yeah. The email was in the draft folder. They forgot to hit send. Also, like, that Lord Raiden is like, I have three people to choose from. Cole, you're one of them. You're going to have to pack your knives and go. Like, I don't want you here anymore. It's like, you have nobody else. What are you doing? Yeah. You have no one. I mean, it's just like. I can assume that they were sending emails to, like, the U.S. Senate and the U.S. government's like, <laughs> the American people don't care about stuff outside of America, okay? They don't care about yeah. Outworld, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Well, the Democrats kept trying, they kept sponsoring bills that would increase funding for Mortal Kombat <laughs> fighters, and Mitch McConnell would get up and be like, I don't think we need to have all this government support of Mortal Kombat fighters. <laughs> you know, this isn't necessary. Uh, but Honestly, is this, this movie real? This, is this real? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because he's doing so much. I've got to do By two the way, more this voices. this is the movie I want to see. Uh, yeah. You want to see yeah, the Senate wanna, yeah, turning down funding When the, when the Senate is debating over it and, and Mitch Connell's like, I think Lord Raven has more than enough fighters already his command. I don't see why we need to increase government funding from our taxpayer dollars. He's already Elliot, got, he's got a Kano. He's got a Luke what, what might Bernie Sanders say now? And Bernie Sanders would be like, 
it is unconscionable that in European nations, the government fully supports Mortal Kombat fighters, but here we have to put we have to put it on the average American to fight against outworlders. It's unconscionable. We can't allow it, and we're not going to allow it. You know, I mean, if you were a little bit sort of like beefier, Elliot, you would be a dead ringer for like a younger Bernie Sanders. Because like, I'm I, Jewish. I mean, old... just that I'm Jewish. That's the... Wow. No. I'm a Jewish guy with know. glasses, but thank you. Yeah, it's the biggest true. compliment of all to be told I am a thinner Bernie Sanders. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, and, and then, yeah, and Elizabeth Warren, and now I'm just doing all my impressions. Now, Elizabeth Warren will be like, <laughs> Elizabeth yeah. Warren's like, we need Mortal Kombat fighters. I've got a plan for that. Here's my plan for that. Anyway, mm-hmm. so... You have uh, the depth. Is of, yeah, this is the, <laughs> they've got a sub zero. The We've got a cyber sub zero. <laughs> well, we need exactly. to take this episode and kick it back to uh, like two years ago, basically, when there were still all these <laughs> candidates in the running. Then we make it my real. I get on SNL. It's a terrible experience. I don't enjoy it. Um, right. right. But that's how I get catapulted into having small roles in lots of comedy movies that I don't enjoy. Okay, yeah. so. <laughs> Outworld. Let's meet some more baddies. Because uh-huh. uh, Shang Tsung's about to bring up. K-Ball. Uh, Cabal. Cabal, yeah, Cabal. Nitara, who gets a big buildup and is killed instantly later on. <laughs> yep. And General Raiko, who was, Raiko. I think, my least, the one I was least interested in. He's just like a big dude with a lot of hammer or something. He, yes. he seemed like there was less going on with him. Two characters, yeah. uh, him and who's the one with the wings? Nitara. Two brand new characters of the series, so fans of the series oh. were like, I know who's getting a fatality performed on them. Uh... <laughs> And oh, so the woman with the wings is not from the video game. No. Now, I just really, I was like, there's not enough going on in the actual video game that they had to make a woman with wings? Because I really uh, felt like they have enough characters to play with. They have a ton of characters, like, okay, but I don't think they want to kill them off with fatalities so quickly. I see what you're saying. But like, okay, so as a person who had played the game, when the characters you recognize came on screen, mm-hmm. were you satisfied? I'm, were you sated? Well, I immediately turned to Riff and said that character's <laughs> name out loud. Uh, Absolutely. Yep. But, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Not I don't care. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the roster is so large, and they only showed mm-hmm. a few characters. Didn't get to see mm-hmm. any of my favorites, like Johnny Cage mm-hmm. or... Uh, Man, I guess, like, I feel I was a big fan of Kano, and I feel like Kano is represented as, like, a shitty asshole who you shouldn't like, but by the fact that there is no other interesting characters, you have to root for the, like, racist asshole. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, he's the only one with personality. Yeah. Uh, So Shang Tsung is like, I want you to strike, but first you have to take down Raiden's shield at his headquarters. So, yes, it's the same thing that the heroes have to do in Justice League, but backwards it's the villains doing it now <laughs> and it's weird because and k-ball hate or cabal hates kano he hates him and yeah, they're Prince like Goro's, former they're former colleagues and they're now former they... colleagues and, and you get the feeling that that uh cabal who's in like a suit of like a living me- like he's a cyborg a mad this max one. Suit. Yeah. yeah he's like in a mad max outfit and he says he has an iron lung uh-huh. yeah that that kano probably put him in that situation but uh-huh. so so cabal visits kano and i'm like so the shield that's stopping them he did that didn't bother him when he went in to, nope. it's one of the things where like there's a shield keeping us back so go in there and turn the shield off uh, okay or we could just go in <laughs> like if that's if it's not that big an issue uh, maybe if you go ca- really slowly through yeah, it it's not an issue it's like a really slow one at a time thing yeah. I, get you, I get you and he's like Kano you should shut down that shield and turn into a bad guy and Kano does exactly that and Shang Tsung shows up meanwhile who shows up at Cole's family's house 
Goro. Prince Goro. Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. And everybody Goro starts battle. fighting and battling. Battle, 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 battle. You get your first really gory death as Kang Lao's hat becomes like a spinning saw blade that cuts Nitara right down the middle. <laughs> classic <laughs> classic fatality. Yeah, yep. And she's the slipknot <laughs> of the film. Big build up character dies almost instantly. Yeah. Uh, and Kung Lao says, flawless victory. Mm-hmm. Another it, tip of the big wide razor brimmed hat to now, the to Normally the to get a flawless victory, you have to not get hit at all. And I feel like he got hit somewhere in there, but I have to check the tapes. I mean, to be fair, did his, th- did his a- life bar go down any though? That's the thing you got to figure out. Steve. Well, he might even take chip damage on on block. It just depends on the attacks mm-hmm. he was blocking. Well, and that also that it seems to be pretty clear that they kind of all make up the rules and judge themselves. The way Shang Tsung is like, I guess I'll kill all of my competitors beforehand. And Kung Lao is just the, when you're judging your own match. Of course, it's going to be a flawless victory. Like, come on, there's there's no way it's not yeah. going to be. Uh, uh, Cole is fighting Goro. Well, Cole's Can wife. Can we talk about how Kano, though? Yes. And this is another thing to me, like this finesse of, like, for instance, I like Kano. I know he's a wild card. I know he's going to bring us down, mm-hmm. naturally. Yeah. Yeah. But this is where the laziness of the motion picture annoyed me. Because literally, this guy's like, I, I fucking hate Kano. And then he's like, Kano, you stupid bitch. Come fight with me. I fucking hate you. And Kano's like, all right. And, like, that was it. Like, that, you know, there was no sense of, like, Kano no needed, drama. No, yeah, there was like no, no like of, no hiccup, no challenge, well, and, no need to be seduced. Because I thought they could at least play that a little longer. Like Kano, maybe with him, like slowly, like yeah. kind of creeping around, getting the seduction of Kano. Now mm-hmm. is that not a film? Mm-hmm. Now Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. colon the seduction of Kano. <laughs> wow, yeah. <laughs> and so like so, Cabal is like laid out on pillows and By stuff. And, King. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's late, but he's like so mean. Like the whole time, he's like, "I hate you," but also come do this for me for some money. And I'm like, "Is money even gonna mean anything in in Outworld? Right? There's Outworld. nothing to uh, if if Cabal's just like take all my money, dumbass. There's nothing to buy here. Like it's like, the, like it's useless. I feel like in the games, if you get like combat coins, you can just spend them on different outfits for your character, which. <laughs> Okay, I mean, outfits. that kind of thing looks great. I mean, hey, we've all opened up one of those boxes in Overwatch <laughs> to get the cool outfits, right? The Halloween costumes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, we've, <laughs> all. we've all done it. <laughs> the universal but it's experience. not necessary. You know, you don't need it. But you kind of need it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a gray area. Is what <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I have two things I want to say. One, Dan, you mentioned Zalman King, which is, is a great name for a Mortal Kombat character. <laughs> and two, no, you're right. Some I sort ca- of king, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I have to assume so. Uh, I, you mentioned, uh, I kept expecting Cabal to be like, Kano, join us and take down the shield. And then Kano would do it, and then Cabal would kill Kano and be like, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have trusted me. But that's not what happens. Kano's no. just a bad nope. guy now. It just, yeah. Yep. <laughs> It doesn't, yeah, there's no, the characters yeah. are not consistent. Anyway, the Goro fight. Cole's wife, she runs up. She's got to save her man. She chops Goro in the side with an axe. Justice League comparison, uh-huh. unlike wussy Darkseid, mm-hmm. he does not instantly give up after being hit with an axe once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but then Cole's Arcana. Darkseid featured in the Injustice video game made by NetherRealm Studios, who also make Mortal Kombat. Ah, okay. Okay, this okay. is a lot, Stuart. This is too much, Stuart. Sure, just Sorry if I'm stunting on you. <laughs> just, just take a picture of your like uh, your wall with all the, the connections and yarn and send it to yeah, between yeah. different video game companies. It's all publicly available information. There's no reason for it's like to the do it. the Tommy Westfall universe on TV. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so <laughs> oh, that's a common reference, right? Yeah, yeah. The Tommy, Tommy Westfall. Westfall yeah, that's a, that's a relevant topical recent reference, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's Cole's Arcana kicks in, 
to save his family because he's a family man. What's his arcana? Yeah. It's a little confused. He gets metal skin <laughs> and he has blade yep. wrists and a super uppercut. And he just cuts Goro up and he blinds him. I think he pokes his eyes out and then he disembowels yep. him and Goro's guts come out. And I was like, this is pretty gory. <laughs> this is pretty disgusting. <laughs> uh, so Goro, he doesn't, again, once again, Mortal Kombat movies just kind of don't do justice by him. He doesn't get much time, you know. <clears throat> No, and probably because he's an expensive character to show a lot of because he's a giant. He's an all CGI yeah. giant with four arms. Another yeah. missed yeah. opportunity yeah, yeah. Uh, is when Cole finally unleashes his fucking uppercut, just like in the game, blood flies everywhere. But what they don't do is have somebody's head pop into the corner of the screen and say, Toasty, which is a key part of the game. It's hilarious. Never happened once. And other characters get burned alive. Doesn't say there's no Toasty moment. I think it's and terrible. Was there ever Thumbs a friendship down. moment in this or no? Well, I don't think so. I, I wish moment. that I wish that a hero had like helped another hero and then gone friendship. Like well, that would, would have fight, been great. You would fight for a whole time and then you would give them like a teddy bear and then instead of fatality above their body, their dead body, Wait. it would be the words friendship written in yeah. balloon animals. Sorry. That's another thing you Wait, can do but, in Mortal why Kombat. Why would you give them a, but why would you give them a teddy like in what I don't understand. In Mortal Kombat, <laughs> yeah, I don't either. Some, if you don't want to do a fatality, you can do a friendship and you give them like a cake or a teddy bear or a heart and huh? it just says friendship and you don't kill and them. And it stops Wait. the fight like whatever fighting yes. you're doing, you just stop Yeah, cuz that's your gift. victory move. At it's the end. over. Yeah. Your I victory is a, is the moral victory of knowing that you could have yes, won. Yes, you are magnanimous in victory. Yes. Or, right. or if you right. really moral combat. Or if you want to make your opponent yeah, feel combat, terrible. Exactly, yeah. If you have what? if you want to make your opponent feel terrible, if you did not use the block button a single time during the match, you can perform a babality which oh, turns your opponent into a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that no. had been in the movie. I was yeah, waiting for that to show up in the movie, too. Yeah, it a baby too. version of their character. Yeah, that's so, a baby. Do take care of the baby? I don't think you... I mean, we don't follow the life of the baby afterwards, so <laughs> I can assume yes. <laughs> you now, raise does them? This, now, is this in the later version, so could one get make like a Freddy Krueger baby? Yeah, theoretically. Okay. I can't remember if they had babalities in MK9 with uh, with Freddy Krueger, but I'm pretty sure there's okay. one where like you get a little Jason Voorhees baby in MKX. <laughs> I mean, but that's crazy. just the end. Of, that's just the end of Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight. A little Jason baby. Exactly. Anyway. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. This is crazy. Wait, I don't. I still don't even understand why these other characters can be in the video game. But that will be a separate episode, <laughs> perhaps for your. It Patreon. involves intellectual property so, law. It's really right. exciting. The IP house. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, let's uh, so we'll keep moving with this because there's not that much movie left. Jax's Arcana finally kicks in. It means that his robot arms become big versions like his like his human arms were. They're just big robot arms, and he yep. saves Sonya from a bunch of fallen boulders. Uh, Lord Raiden brings Cole back to the cave, and uh, Shang Tsung steals Kung Lao's soul and just dries him up like a withered husk. Mm -hmm. And Raiden teleports the good guys to avoid. He's like, I don't know what to do. Uh, we don't have a lot of good guys on hand, and Cole master strategist that we know him to be from throughout the movie. He goes, they don't want a competition? Let's give them one. We'll each split up and take on a different opponent in a different place. And I'm like, yeah, like uh, the work that a screenwriter has to put into explaining why you have one-on-one -on -one fights in different backgrounds, like yeah. that's, that's, that's really funny to me. So, but it's funny because it's like, the idea is we'll split them up and take them on one-on-one -on -one, as if teamwork was the secret strength that Shang Tsung's people had, and that's why they were losing. <laughs> they were all one-on-one -on -one fights. It doesn't. Why does it matter if they're in different places? But anyway, that's what they do. Uh, super battle, location, super battle, location, super battle. Location. Jax fights Raikou. Head smashes him, Soria Ricky style. Yes, so that's a thing. Like Obviously, that's a classic Jax fatality, smashing that dude's head. However, they're oh. having the fight on the fucking pit, on the, you know, on this bridge above a pit. 
And that had a stage fatality where you could uppercut your opponent off of the bridge and they would land in the pit bottom on some spikes. And then sometimes you'd go down there and fight Reptile. Why didn't they do that, guys? Can anyone answer that? Yes. Absolutely. You're correct. Thank you. You're uh, correct. Uh, this is... <laughs> Damn. But then here's a question. Like, do you think this is a movie that was, like, so many blockbusters written, like, you know, rewritten a hundred times? Because it, to me, feels like a first draft. Uh, like, it feels like a movie that was not written enough. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, even what you were saying, Elliot, too, about, like, uh, you know, it's like, okay, we're in the void now. Why don't we just go fight them one on one? Right. It's they, like, okay, first thought, best thought. <laughs> they took Elliot's synopsis yeah. and they turned that it, into the they movie. Did. Like, it's just like really. That's the shooting script. Back, yeah, it fell back in time, and they were like, "Yeah, let's just do the movie that way." It sounds like we did. Uh, so Jax kills uh, Raikou. Sonya fights Kano, stabs him in the eye with a garden gnome, and his dragon mark transfers to her arm. Looks like she's a champion now. And Which is all she wanted. All Sonya wanted was to be in the That's main. That's her character. Yeah, she okay. just wanted to be a plus one. <laughs> yeah. we, she had a little Dolezal energy. We were calling yeah. her kind of Rachel Dolezal, but for champions. <laughs> yeah. Audrey, Audrey was asking me, she, she was like, do you think this is like a commentary, like the, the one woman like needs to prove herself to get the mark? And I'm like... I, I don't think they thought about it that much. I think it I is more be... a symptom of that kind of assumed misogyny than it is a commentary yeah. on that kind of assumed yeah. misogyny. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Liu Kang, he, may, he just lures Cabal into some tower and then makes a fire dragon that eats him. It's not, mm-hmm. Cabal kind of just Could walks right into that one, literally. Right. And Sonya right. can shoot, like, plasma blasts or something and mm-hmm. kills Melina, who is the the, nin, the kind of Josh Psylocke. Josh Melina? Yeah, jo- yeah, exactly. Yes, <laughs> uh, the writer. Alfred no, she's Melina? A kind of, Alfred Molina kills Alfred Molina. Oh, it's terrifying. Uh, Sub-Zero kidnaps Cole's family. I don't know why. Not sure why, but yep. he does. Yep. Cole is already itching for a fight. There's no reason to bring the family into maybe it. He it's knows, only maybe make... he knows the family is susceptible to ice attacks. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Unless he was like... The bloodline, the bloodline is susceptible if, to ice I mean, Well, the thing is, he could have said... They could have had something in there. Maybe there was, and I missed it, about like cutting off the, the Hanzo bloodline because Cole's daughter, obviously, right. is the next in that line. But he doesn't say that because Sub Zero is a man of very few words. He's Bihan. He just the only thing he says is "I'm Sub Zero." Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so Cole fights him for a while, and the building that he's hide- hidden in now, his kind of Ninja Turtles uh, abandoned warehouse lair, is now fully frozen. And it's like Cole- it's like a it's like an MMA arena, right? It's it's the it's yeah. the one from the beginning. This is where yeah. I I yes. like again. I could see the producers going. <laughs> Look, we built the stupid MMA ring. Can we just use it a second time? We don't have the money. Just put some ice on it and make that the final place. Make it look like slightly different. Uh, They fight for a long time, and then who comes back with very little explanation? Hanzo. He's back from the dead as Scorpion. He he explains it himself. He says, literally, I returned from hell to kill you. (laughs) Yeah, what more do you need? Yeah, and and he didn't do that earlier or ever in the last 400 years. 400 years. Exactly. I'm like, okay, why were you coming back now? He had stuff to do. Just because he Again, the letter got (laughs) lost in the mail. Yeah, he he didn't realize what was going on. There's so much paperwork. He says, get over here, finally. This fight goes on for a long time and it's like it's there's yep. that the three-man fight scene in the raid that goes on for a long time and this is feels like it's not quite at that level it's trying to be something like that where you're awed at the sheer endurance it's, it's of them still fighting a great so fight long. sequence i think it's like, pretty good yeah i mean i think, uh, I, think, I, think I think this think is the, the this is like the the selling reel like they shot this and they're like yeah. hey give us more money please because yeah. this looks great mm, right I see. yeah and it goes yes, on for yes. a long time until scorpion breathes fire on sub-zero and they did and then he dies mm-hmm. and it's like again what did you were you building up your turbo bar like with each punch and that's until you could get <laughs> fire breath uh 
Hanzo disappears, everyone reunites, and Shang's and now it's he's Shang Tsung is mad because all of his champions have been killed, and he says, Next time I'll come back with armies, which is again also the end of the Justice League Zack Snyder cut. Like this movie has so much in common with that movie. Uh and Raiden says to the our heroes, I'll help you find some more fighters. And it's like, dude, just find them. Like, don't give them clues. Like, just go find them yourself. Yeah. What are you doing with your time? Nothing. Yeah, what does he have to do? He's literally been alive forever, ever. Yeah. He has so much time to kill. There's nothing going on in his cave. You know what I mean? There's no cable. There's no Wi-Fi. And it's like you have one wall that you've already decorated. So it's like you might as well go look for fighters. You have time to kill. Why doesn't Outworld invade in the first place? Wait, what? Yeah, why don't they have mm-hmm. – because of the lo- – because the – I don't know. Why – Why? it's one of those things where like – I think about it sometimes where the way that uh, – and it's the answer is budget. Like that it's – but the, why, yeah. why do aliens always invade with either a minimal force in a big city or a big force in the middle of nowhere? Because budget. And like when in reality, when you want to invade a place, like you send ev- – or the same way that uh, it made me so mad in Avengers – was it Infinity War or Endgame? I think it's Infinity War where Thanos attacks and – First he sends his foot soldiers, then he sends his super foot soldiers, then he mm-hmm. sends his heavy artillery and tanks, and it's like, that's not the way you would do that, dude. Like, soften them up with your heavy weapons. Like, then how many worlds did you defeat, dude? Yeah, exactly. This is how you did yeah. it? Or in, in the Justice League movie where Darkseid Dark has spaceships that he could bomb from above, but instead he sends his guys down to fight hand-to-hand, and he sends them to the place all the good guys have already landed. Go somewhere else. Like, there's a whole world. <laughs> Establish a beachhead. Like, get your bases. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just working under, like, some sort of outdated intergalactic sense of, you know, fair play. Like, he's the mm. British and, and, and the Revolutionary War, and, and, and we're the scrappy gorilla uh, uh, planet. I don't know. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> right, or the intergalactic Geneva Convention. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, wow, okay. uh, end of the last scene. Cole is now a Mortal Kombat champion. He's got to go seek out some other heroes. He tells, I guess, his trainer, or he tells the guy at the MMA gym. Who, who books his, his, like, uh, like black market yeah, fights. His uh, fights, yeah. I know. <laughs> he's, uh, that he's going to Hollywood, and he goes, okay. Yeah. And then the, the trainer or whoever, Booker, walks by a poster for a movie called Citizen Cage, starring Johnny Cage, who's wearing a big butt buckle that says Cage. And I was like, do they not know how movies and movie posters work? Like... Or or is everyone in this movie playing themselves? Because usually when you make a movie, (laughs) your name's not in the title and you don't have a belt buckle with your name on it. Like usually, Charlie Charlie Kaufman wrote the screenplay for Citizen Cage. Oh, okay. (laughs) Now I get it. Never mind. Now I understand. It's a meta commentary on action movies. Now I get it. And so they're teasing that at some point in the future, we're going to get Johnny Cage, who is a, a movie star. What is he, Stuart? Yeah, he's an action movie star. He's an action star, and they're going to get him for real. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because he's, he's really a champion. Put his, put his skills to the test. And he uh, he was the one who had the famous nut punch ability that he used on Goro in the Mortal Kombat movie from the 90s. Oh, right, where he does a split, mm. and then he punches Goro mm-hmm. in the nuts. Oh, okay. You know what? Then Con- Johnny what? Cage is my favorite. Now Just so he can get on nut level? Is that what the split does? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, <laughs> yes, and exactly. it's a show off. Yeah, okay. it's it's him showing off. Look what my nuts can do. Yours can't. And then he punches them. Because yeah. I gotta say, like a nut punch ability seems like the worst arcana. Like I mean, I could do yeah. a nut punch. That but would be not my the same wow. way. Not the I, same way. I'm gonna call your bluff on that one, buddy. We're gonna have to see those cards. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna get in a fight. I don't. You know. <laughs> Not telling me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the the Dan's brag about his nut punch abilities was mainly to dissuade people from fighting him. <laughs> yeah. Guys, don't come try to fight me. I'll, I'll punch you in the nuts and I'll run away. <laughs> um, so that's 
Mortal Kombat. Let's. Uh... <laughs> Should we do our final judgments, Dan? And then, Let's and do then our we get, then we get final a... judgments. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say we get a we get a theme song over the credits that is not as good as the original theme song from the original Mortal Kombat movie. Now, is the original one the da 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 da? Okay, I don't. I didn't even. The credits. Wait, what is it, Elliot? Da 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 Mortal Kombat. Do they ever use it? No, they don't. I don't think. It's the same way that you don't hear Godzilla's roar in the new Godzilla movies because they don't want to pay for it, I think. I assume they're like, somebody owns the rights to that. We don't want to use it. I thought it was weird to replace it with, oh, yeah, from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, but, (laughs) you know, and the Twix commercials. But, okay, that's, you know, whatever you want to do, you know. Right. This one was done by Katie Lang, which I thought was maybe a little understated. (laughs) Understated, definitely. Constant combat yep. works yeah there works perfect yeah and it stands for combat d lang yeah of course yeah because combat is spelled with a k in the mortal Kombat universe yeah, so dan yeah, yeah. should we do final judgments yeah final judgments is when we say whether we thought this is a good bad movie a bad bad movie or a movie we kind of like now if we knew what we were doing we were professionals we would say uh-huh. whether this movie was a flawless victory uh-huh. oh. a, uh, or one of the other ones, but we didn't. So we're still we're going with our same categories as usual. Or a babality. A babality, <laughs> yeah. Man, you guys have or really locked onto this babality idea. A, wait, what guys. did you call it before? A nutality? A nutality. Or a nutality, yeah. Or a nutality. Nutella. So, Dan, what did you think? sounds like a terrible candy bar. Um I, you know, I kind of like this movie. I got to say, I, 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 it benefited from my absolutely low expectations and the fact that it was nice to watch like a new big dumb action movie mm-hmm. at, at, like at home after a year of like not having stuff like that. Uh, I agree with Andy that I liked that they had had the absolute minimum of plot in between fights, even though the plot was also unnecessarily complex. But like <laughs> they didn't linger over it enough for me to be like, oh, come on, and. <laughs> I don't know. They put more care into it than I would have expected out of a Mortal Kombat movie, so I'll give it that. It's not that great, but <laughs> but as it, I was not mad after watching it. Let's just put it that way. So uh, let's go to Stuart. What do you have to say? Yeah, I mean, I think my closeness to the source material is probably a hindrance here. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like especially introducing this whole Arcana idea where you get magic powers by getting a weird birthmark, like that feels weird like the idea that Jax's magic power is that his already weird metal arms just got bigger like what um so like what would have happened if his arms didn't get frozen off dan um i don't i don't know maybe man. his arms would have gotten bigger than anyway um, he still would have yeah, had, like he would have had even swole. bigger arms or maybe he would have had like little yeah. arms growing out of his regular arms so that's, he's got like, see, more that's like what i want to see parts of the hulk only one parts of the whole mm-hmm. Hulk out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Just, yeah. Everybody's right on this. Um, so I'm going to say, I think I think this is a, I would say this is kind of a bad, bad. I, d- I didn't care for this. Although I think the opening and the end fight are both pretty fun. And I, I, I'll watch Joe Taslam do anything. Well, let's give our guests the final word. Elliot, what do you have to say? I I think, you know what? I, I think similar to Dan, I think my expectations going in were so low that this ended up being not exactly a movie kind, I kind of liked, but a movie that I didn't mind and the fact that it i mean this movie is somehow almost two hours long but it didn't feel that long maybe because like the movie maybe it was because the movie kind of moves relatively quickly maybe it's because i was doing dishes the whole time that i was watching it but (laughs) either way i thought this was not a movie necessarily that i kind of liked but i don't it wasn't quite bad bad or good bad for me but again i have no if this was uh, a 
a group of characters that I cared about, I would have been like, what is this? Like, what's going on here? But since I have no connection to the MKU, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to our honored guest, what do you have to say? My dear, would you like me to go? It is bad, bad. Oh. You want to tell me this is based on a video game? I want cheekiness, honey. I want jokes. <laughs> I want to have some fun with that. Because it's nonsense, right? So yeah. you've got to have these people at the very least be fun to watch mm-hmm. as they go about this very silly journey. That's very true. And they weren't having fun with it. Yeah. And that's what made me so mad. It felt very lazy. It felt very like guy, fighter, daughter, realm, fight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> we did it. And I just thought they should have had some fun with it. Yeah. They should have called, had a punch-up room, something. Because yeah. it was just like, who are, Kano was the only one, and then he's like only in it for like 30 minutes. Yeah. yeah. I think though, well, I'm going to say good, bad. And again, with wow. the asterisk wow. that it could have been quarantine euphoria <laughs> that made me enjoy it so much. Like, right. well, not that, not that you were euphoric in quarantine. No, that like, I'm seeing, like, like Dan, I'm seeing something new. Yes. There's something new. It was, it could have also been, you know, we have a tradition in our house where we play uh, Boggle on our phones while while we watch things. Mm -hmm. We call that Boggle Toggle. I'm kidding. It doesn't have a phrase. (laughs) It does now. It's Boggle Toggle. (laughs) Now and forever. Uh, So it could have been, I was like partly distracted. I liked Kano. Mm -hmm. I like, I like that actor. That actor is from like House of Lies and Superstore. And he also apparently played Paul Hogan in a two part miniseries called Hogs, The Life of Paul Hogan. What? For for Australian TV. Which what? Hogs, The Paul Hogan Story. A two part Uh, Australian miniseries from 2017. But now I really want to see it. Only two parts for (laughs) Australia's biggest export and most respected (laughs) human. Dan, Australia has a really respected film film community. I mean, not not That's to true. shit on Paul Hogan, like he's fine. But I, I say we queue up both seasons of Hogs, order ourselves some hoagies, and watch that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was this Mayor yeah. of Easttown? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very Mayor of Easttown. <laughs> I'm gonna one of them hoagies. So, um, I love that Captain America hat guy. I love the uh, uh, just how stupid it all was. I needed stupidity. All right, I I think it just came at me. I I think this particular amount of stupidity came into my life at the right time. Mm-hmm. It was like a meat cute. Yeah. And uh, and that's what made me enjoy. I enjoyed making fun of it with Naomi, and that could have just been part of it. Well, that's part of what keeps us going. Right. You know, making fun of things. And that meat cute, I just imagined Mortal Kombat drops all its papers in the mm-hmm. hallway, mm-hmm. and then you pick it up. And, like, that's how the romance begins. You, that's you're, a friendship. You're walking mm-hmm. your dog. And Mortal Kombat is late for a big job interview, and mm-hmm. the, and you bump into each other, and the, the dog like runs around the two of you so that the the leash pulls you close together, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. just keep after that you just keep running into each other, and you do not like it until suddenly you're in love. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's what I would yep. call a friendship. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So good. I think good. Bad. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> for being honest. I'm proud of you for being honest. Hey, it's John Moe. And look, these are challenging times for our mental and emotional health. I get it. That's why I'm so excited for my new podcast, Depression Mode. We're tackling depression, anxiety, trauma, stress, the kinds of things that are just super common but don't get talked about nearly enough. Conversations that are illuminating, honest, and sometimes pretty funny with folks like Patton Oswalt, Kelsey Dara, 
and open mic eagle. I have his public facing self and then I have my emotional self that tends to stay hidden. It was about finding a way to communicate to somebody that like, there's terrible sh going on back here. Plus psychiatrists, psychologists, and all kinds of folks. On Depression Mode, we're working together, learning, helping each other out. We're a team. Join our team. Depression Mode for Maximum Fun, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, are you someone who thinks that when one door closes, another one opens? Someone who always sees the light at the end of the tunnel. If you answered yes to one or both of these questions, good for you. We are not those people. Nope, I'm Annabelle Gerwich, and I'm a, you know that other door opening? It probably leads to a broom closet kind of person. And I'm Laura House. When I see a light at the end of a tunnel, I assume it's a train headed right toward me. Laura and I have created a brand new podcast for people like us. It's called Tiny Victories. We're sharing personal tiny victories or things we've read or seen that inspire resilience. So if you're looking for a tiny reason to get out of bed each week, subscribe to Tiny Victories. Available on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get tiny. The Flophouse is sponsored in part by Squarespace. Squarespace helps you create a beautiful new website where you can blog or publish content, sell products and services of all kinds, and much, much more. And Squarespace does this by giving you beautiful, customizable templates created by world-class designers, everything optimized for mobile right out of the box, a new way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions, and free and secure hosting. So head to squarespace.com flop for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the offer code FLOP to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, hey, Dan, I had an idea for a website, and I was wondering if you thought Squarespace would be able to help me with all the amazing stuff that you Lay it on me, about. brother. Okay, I was inspired by basically a combination of this movie and also my recent interest in marsupials. Uh, uh-huh. And look, I'm just going to say it. At times like these, all of us are sharing the same worry. Is my pet marsupial gonna outlive me because i'd like it to that's why mortalwombat.com is where you would put in all the information about your marsupial pet and it will tell you an estimated longevity Mm. when how mortal is this wombat you're gonna find out on mortalwombat.com this is just for education and recreation purposes please do not Not uh, make any life decisions based on our yeah based on our estimates but finally there's a place online where marsupials can have their life expectancy Accurately, but don't not legally predict it. Yeah. And if it's a you non-marsupial like, pet, I'm sorry. There are other places that already do that. You don't need us. This is for marsupials. Yeah, don't tell your marsupial to quit its job and then you know like do some kind of bucket list scenario because it, it thinks it's dying because based on the information provided by Mortal Wombat. Yeah, right? Mortal Wombat. Again, it is legally, and you have to sign a disclaimer. It is just for entertainment and partly education purposes. It is yeah. not an actual longevity test, but finally, you'll know how long your wombat will live. Again, not legally responsible. So I think Squarespace could really help me with that, right, Dan? I think they could. So, uh, you know, go over to squarespace.com and use offer code FLOP. Now, Elliot, I believe you also have another word from another sponsor. That's right. We got two, two, count them, two sponsors today. And the second major sponsor is Storyblocks. Look, guys, now more than ever before... Storytellers and content creators are challenged with producing more video content at a higher quality 
than in human history. In the Middle Ages, you could get away with making a tapestry maybe a year, but now you gotta keep that sweet content coming and it's gotta be at higher video quality than anything you can weave on a loom. You can keep mm -hmm. up with the growing demand for that modern video content without sacrificing your vision with the stock mm -hmm. media from Storyblocks. Storyblocks, it's great. It's a huge collection of stock video that you can use for any project. It's dedicated to being the world's best royalty-free stock media subscription service. There's no royalties. Once you've got your Storyblocks membership, you can use whatever you want on there. There's over a million high-quality stock assets, and the library is constantly growing. They've even got 4K HD footage. Looks great on those modern televisual sets. They've got After Effects and Premiere Pro templates. Not sure what those are, but they sound great. They've got music, images, sound effects, more. About the most fun thing you can do. They have affordable subscription plans, and with the Storyblocks Unlimited all-access plan, you get unlimited downloads of what's in their library, and you get to keep it, even if your membership ends. Anything you've downloaded remains yours to use, keep, show off to your friends, uh, turn into the kind of video content that the world is craving right now. And as part of their ongoing stock initiative, Storyblocks has released a new round of collections, the Queer Spaces and Faces collection, created by some really incredible LGBTQ plus creators that will feature the layered experience of the LGBTQ plus community. So they're extending out to people, giving them uh, a chance to get their voice heard through the medium of stock media. Sounds great. As you've maybe heard talk about in the past, we had our own very positive experience with Storyblocks. Dan I mean, made a hilarious yeah. video about needing to pee. It came out great. Yeah. Uh, all thanks to Storyblocks. So go to it. Explore their library and subscribe today at storyblocks.com slash flop. That's storyblocks.com slash flop. Use that uh, library of media and prove Dan wrong. Do better than Dan. That's do the challenge. better Choose than Dan. me. Please. Please, everyone do better. Uh-oh. And what's this? I think up next we got a J -J -J Jumbotron. That's right. Employees are the heart and soul of a business, and taking care of them is the most important thing a business owner can do. Circles, spelled C-I-I-R-C-L-E-S, note the second I. Circles.com helps create people-first, fulfilling businesses. Our tagline is how working together should work. So please visit circles.com again, extra I C I I R C L E S dot com slash flophouse to learn yeah, more. Remember how there's no I in team? Take that missing I from team, move it on over to circles, circles.com. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. So uh, let's move on to letters from our listeners. And uh, that's right, Dan. It's time for. Listener questions. Stuart has been grazing this entire podcast, and I cannot concentrate. Hey, you know, I gotta get my gotta pack my podcast snacks. Is mango now the keep my energy fruit of the Flophouse podcast? Definitely in my top five fruits. Yeah. Well, maybe one of the bananas is. Maybe Watermelon. one of the list accuses what Stuart's top five fruits are. So, can you put them in those classes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. put them in the tiers. Put them in the mm -hmm. tiers. So Mango's S tier. Uh, yeah, totally. Uh, bananas are A tier. Uh, I mean, these are my top five. So I would say watermelons also A tier of the melons. I would say there's some <laughs> other melons are rated a little bit lower. 
Um, yeah. I would say raspberries are my favorite berry, so that's an S tier berry right what there. What I like is this wow. is a tournament competition right here. Is you've got you've got the winners of each of these different cl- mm-hmm. weight classes. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, and then I would say pears. I like pears. Wow. That's okay. Wow. We're not hearing enough about That's pears five. as a culture. Mm-hmm. We're right. not hearing enough about pears. It's like, I mean, like me- more mellow than an apple for me. I'm working, yeah, on, yeah, I'm working on an article for Teen Vogue about it where pears <laughs> used to be everywhere. What cool. happens? Now, and of course, Elliot famously hates all fruits. So. Yep, mm-hmm. except my son constantly corrects me that cucumbers are a fruit, so I guess I like okay. one. Oh, wait, do you really not like fruit? Don't like them. Don't like the taste, smell, texture. It's disgusting to me. Anyway. Is there any fruit? Do you, do you like sweets? Not particularly. I don't really have much of a sweet tooth, to be honest. Okay, yeah. you don't So that's like part of it. Things. I'm not much into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like savory things, and I like things that, I like parts of animals. That's basically. Do you like, in a, <laughs> do you like something that, you like something that's unctuous? You know, like a, an unctuousness? I don't really know what that word means, but yes. <laughs> it's it, like an oily fattiness, you know? Yeah, oh, then yes. Yes, very much so. Yeah, okay. sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so, well, we've got that going for us anyway so the first letter is from ryan last name withheld who writes dear floppers recently while relaxing after covid vaccine dose number two i took a chance on watching willie's wonderland this recent nick cage film Mm -hmm. is so fun i won't even say more about it other than it involves everyone's favorite member of the coppola family trapped in a chuck e cheese style nightmare with fully real costume actors playing the heck out of some really wonderfully designed murderous animatronics outfits um, I was blown away by how generally, uh, sorry, genuinely funny, frightening, and kick-ass this movie could be at times. Ugh, especially since I only clicked on the movie for after the rare for me anyway urge to watch something stupid. Okay, well that's why I tripped up because there okay, was a that's why you tripped up. There wasn't the fever. <laughs> no, it's blame not. Ryan. It's, no, blame it's it's it blame I'll the blame text. Ryan last name with help. Uh, when was the last or best time you picked a dumb movie that turned out to be a genuine delight to watch? Bonus points for one you wish you'd seen in theaters because man, I'd have loved to seen this, see this on the big screen. Floppers rise up, Ryan last name with help. So does anyone have an example of uh, a good Movie that they picked, thinking like, "Oh, this will be a, a a dumb lark," and then realizing that they actually genuinely enjoyed it. I mean, in a way, I did get that experience in the theaters with a little movie called Cats, which we've talked about plenty on on the Flop House. Really, but wow. went to see it because we were doing it for the Flop House, and it's one of those movies where, at this point, my ironic liking of it have, has gone into a new level where. I'm just like, oh, God bless those people who made Cats. They didn't know what they were doing. But like, certainly <laughs> yeah. they didn't come up with what they wanted to make, but they came out with something, you know. Interesting. I mean, Andy, did you have one? I, I do. Yeah, go. Please. Yeah. Um, Clifford, starring Charles Grodin oh, yeah. and Martin Short. Mm. Uh, I thought it was just going to be some dumb crap, and I'm just like, well, Martin, I'll just put it on. Uh, Charles, first of all, I mean, Martin Short is just like, Playing the heck out of a ten year, an insane ten year old, but Charles Grodin is, inc- I mean, duh, it's Charles Grodin, but he is incredible. His timing is incredible in it. He is so good at playing that character. Um, and uh, if does anyone, do you guys have you seen? Clifford? Yeah, yeah, sure. It's on HBO yeah. Max. No, it is. I like how genuinely <laughs> like a true Max mean spirited. <laughs> That movie is like you think it's just going to be like a dumb like I don't know like problem child or whatever, but it is yeah. right. mean. It is a mean movie about right. mean people doing mean things to each other, which <laughs> makes it a lot funnier. Yeah, I hadn't seen. I did, it wasn't for me, but I will say like 
I didn't expect that ending, like all like when Charles Grodin does kind of go off on Clifford and is like, I'm gonna ruin you. I thought that was very satisfying. Because I usually hate when like a kid is bad and then of course no one else sees it. And then the person like feels like they're taking crazy pills. So I like that part. Like I didn't think that was gonna happen. So that was yeah. like we need to talk I about I wanna Kevin. say Mason. Clifford. <laughs> You're obsessed. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, this sort of thing happens to me every once in a while with like TV shows. I mean, I remember when my when my wife and I were like trying to f- figure out something to watch, and I was probably like fucking around with a miniature or something, and she's like, "Well, why don't we put on this show called Instant Hotel, which is a show where Australian uh, Airbnb owners uh, compete against each other to have the best instant hotel, which is a term I'm assuming they made up for the show because they can't say Airbnb." Mm-hmm. And within like halfway through the first episode, we were totally hooked. Now the first season, you can't you can't catch that lightning in a bottle twice. So the first season's great. I totally recommend that shit. And to have seen it on the big screen, that would have been amazing. <laughs> uh, instant hotel. In, on the instant beach. hotel on Netflix. First season's wild. Uh, but I would say for movies, uh, Kidnap, the Halle Berry SUV thriller. Kidnap with a P, yep. just a P, not kidnapped. <laughs> yep. Kidnapped. Just kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm having a hard time with, like, one that I think is necess- maybe, like, genuinely, like, I would unabashedly recommend to folks. But I I think I've mentioned on the pa- <clears throat> on the show in the past that we started watching Doppelganger, the Drew Barrymore 90s uh, thriller about Drew Barrymore, who may or may not have a doppelganger going around murdering folks around her. A Drupalganger. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I was, we put it on at like 12.30 at night. I think it was after like uh, we recorded a Flophouse Mini and I just wanted to like have something on for a couple minutes to come down, you know, like before bed and figured like, oh, we'll turn it off. But we ended up watching the whole thing and it is, I, you know, it straddles the line. One might call it a good, bad movie because so much of the joy of it is how weird everyone is acting and some of them are not acting particularly well but the film spirals into madness in a way that i was not expecting and i don't like it it ends up in a place that i don't think anyone watching the first you know 10 minutes would expect and i i really enjoyed that elliot do you have anything you look uh confused you don't have to i don't to think i don't. have one i don't have one i feel like because i guess clifford should have been mine but i still don't like it <laughs> Because I was like, why is he so evil? Mm-hmm. I hate evil children. Mm-hmm. So I don't have, and like also in real life, I don't like precocious children. So like anything <laughs> yes. that kind of lives in that world, I'm like, mm-mm. Yeah. It, yeah, I, I, when, when, when a child acts like an adult in a movie and we're supposed to find that charming, it's just like, what are you all seeing here? This is- <laughs> Yeah, it's always horrible. It's, well, that's, that's, yeah. that's the book of Henry Syndrome where- Henry is su- is such an unlikable like know it all jerk, and everyone is like Henry. He's the best of us. <laughs> Henry, you're so wonderful. <laughs> his parents let him order. North. Yeah, his parents let him order from the uh, from the waiter by himself, and it's like, no, you should order for him. He's just a little kid. They yeah. don't get paid to deal with your children. <laughs> uh, so we have another letter. It is from John, last name withheld, who writes in reading about the 1994 movie North. I saw director Rob Reiner defend it by claiming it was a, quote, modern-day fable. And I realized that any movie that's described by the director as a fable or fairy tale for adults is bound to be terrible. 
Do you guys have any red flags in movie summaries or trailers that make you think the movie will be garbage? Thanks for all the fun. John, last name withheld. I just want to jump in and Sir. say I think I think Andy was pointing out that uh, that North features plenty of precocious children that everyone loves, right? Oh boy, yeah. Woof. What was it? The movie North. Yes, which they talked about on a previous episode. Is it? Which is my only knowledge of the movie is from. <laughs> oh, okay. Then you also you you also might have heard it, gotten from what we were talking about that the the modern day fable is surprisingly retrograde when it comes to the presentation of ethnic groups and <laughs> and genders. But uh, uh, I I'll jump in here and say that uh, something I've never liked in tra- I'm not a fan of the structure that movie trailers use now. That they all use it. I find it really super manipulative because uh, they're all and and boring. But. Um, Anytime a trailer, they don't do this as much, but I feel like in the 90s there were a lot of trailers that would just be made up of people saying the main character's name over and over again. And it'd be like, Mumford, Mumford, Mumford. And you'd be like, well, if you had something fun to show me, you'd show it to me. But instead you're just showing me that the main character of the movie is in the movie and people are identifying that that character. So it's it's always, it's a real sign to me that they didn't have a lot to advertise for the movie. Uh, but also yes. there's, there's certain... Uh, when you watch like an action movie and you see someone in the trailer say, kick the tires and light the fires, people, or like be in the middle of an action scene, you see someone go, I told you this was going to be fun. I know that that movie is going to be not very good, or at least it's going to yeah. be disappointing. <laughs> Similar to that, like saying the name over and over, uh, there's always the trope where it's like, uh, you know, Columbia Pictures would like to introduce you to yeah. a special <laughs> character. That I, that will you know change your life forever. Once you meet them, you'll never be the same. You know, it's like fuck you. I don't. Each of us has within us a billion yeah, yeah. bullshit person you want to let me know about. I don't care. It, Go away. Yeah, if the yeah. if the uh, if the trailer mentions a visionary director, I'm like, mm, <laughs> we'll see about that. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Or anytime there's a quote that says specifically an American classic, that always bugs me. Because I don't, I don't know mm. what that's supposed to mean. I don't know what the modifier American means on classic, except that like, like a middle brow Academy Award winning movie that like is not as good yeah. as a movie from another country is what you're telling me, or like not good enough to be a real classic. It's it bugs me. I don't like the devaluation was... of the word American. Guys, I'm a patriot. <laughs> anyway, have you been following my reading my Substack oh, or following boy. me on Parlor? No, I've got no. a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> no, no, I don't no. like when um, anybody returns home and you watch them on a porch. Like I'm not here for like any, I'm not here for like any indie like I'm back home in my small town. I don't want to be there. But I'm about to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, like a, it's like the, the part, oh. and there's always the part in the trailer where now it's switching gears, and they're going to show you scenes from the second half of the movie where everyone learns their lesson. And there's like a, a acoustic guitar or some kind of sad kind of folky type song, but it's <laughs> supposed to be uplifting. And it, ugh, yeah, gross. Yeah, yeah. I had two of them. One is that <laughs> uh, that THX metal sound, like uh-huh. the the metal ba- bending sound. Mm-hmm. If I hear that. I know it's not a good movie. I just mm-hmm. need that one sound. It's like Pavlovian, Pavlovian mm-hmm. in my brain, right? You hear that? Do you know, guys know what I'm talking about? That What's sound. What's the THX metal that, sound? That, mm. Yeah, yeah. That likes that thing. Yeah, uh, like a big drop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, and if if the song Salisbury Hill is played in the trailer, I should have mentioned that's. Yeah, I'm not going to see that movie. But anyway, mm-hmm. you're you're saying, Andy, I'm interrupted. And 
anyone that says we're going to need a bigger anyone that like takes like an old like thing like from jaws or something yeah. and says we're going to need like a bigger gun or whatever like you know mm-hmm. see a monster comes on screen and, yeah. and they turn to each other something like that i'm just like yeah Man, we're yeah, done. yeah 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 or if one of the smurfs <laughs> yeah, yeah, turns to the right. camera and says what the smurf or something like that and you're like yeah. oh no. i get it we're gonna need a bigger smurf you're like just say it brainy <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know the word just say it now the yeah. uh coward the thing is if I'm watching a trailer and a record scratches, like, wait a minute, what? I know it's going to be hilarious. This is going to be uh, hilarious. Yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, we do have one final segment on the show, and that is called Recommendations, movies that might be more worth your time than the one we talked about. Uh, I'll kick us off. Um, I have a, I've had a big blind spot in the world of uh, Japanese animation just because it's a dumb reason, I realize. The... The way they animate, they the 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 frame rate is different, and it looks herky jerky to me, and I've never quite adjusted, but hmm. I have I have slowly started coming around, and uh, <laughs> so while here on vacation, uh, we watched the Castle of Cagliostro, uh, oh, sure. which I enjoyed quite a bit. It is like, you know, I've seen some of the later uh, Miyazaki movies. You know the more sort of gentle, uh, whimsical ones, and it is fun to go back to an earlier one where it's like this. It's still got a lot of the, the weirdness, but it's also tied to this uh, almost like swinging sixties vibe. And uh, I don't know, it, it was just like this goofy, goofy spy <laughs> story. Like, uh, well, not really spy, but like it's got He's that a vibe. He's it's a gentleman you know, thief. A gentleman thief. Uh, I had a lot of fun. Um, I'm not going to say a lot about it because I'm sick, but I enjoyed it. Dan, it is <laughs> Castle of Cagliostro is one of my all-time favorite movies. I love it so much. Thank you for yeah. recommending it. <laughs> oh, I'm glad to have brought a smile to Stuart's face. Stuart, what do you recommend? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I just watched on Hulu uh, last night uh, a great little sex comedy, sex-positive comedy called Plan B. Directed by actress Natalie Morales. Natalie Morales. And uh, it's super great. It's about a pair of teenage girls in, I want to say, North Dakota. Uh, and uh, it involves one of them ha- having to get the, the uh, Plan B contraceptive and the various travails of having to try and procure this. It is uh, the interesting thing. My, my wife and I were watching it, and she brought up the idea that, like, when, there's been a trend of like these sex positive comedies with a gender switch, whereas traditionally it was like boys being boys, whatever. But with with women, there's sometimes the like threat of gendered violence makes the stakes so much higher. I don't know, and also just like mm-hmm. the the results of misbehavior can be significantly more damaging. But um, yeah, it still manages to be. It's so funny and heartwarming and just fucking great, man. Check it out. Uh, I'll, I'm going to recommend a movie now. Watch out. It's me coming at you. Uh, now, uh, people who have been following the show recently know that I'm on a Czech New Wave kick uh, on the Criterion channel, but I'm going to take a break from that today. I did uh, briefly suggest, uh, rec- uh, consider recommending another Czech New Wave movie, but I also took a break, and I was like, I haven't watched an old, old, old movie in a while. And I watched a movie called Picture Snatcher from 1933 it's a james cagney movie directed by lloyd bacon the director with the most delicious name of all directors and uh (laughs) james cagney is a guy who's getting out of jail and he gets a job as a photographer for kind of like sleazy tabloid uh newspaper that runs on shocking photographs and it is a very pre-code movie where it is like 
the main character is it's like i gotta sneak into this prison and take a picture of a woman getting electrocuted in the electric chair without the police finding out and then he does it and it's like and by the end you're like waiting for him to learn the lesson that he shouldn't doing these do these things and he never really does uh and james cagney is so uh is so charismatic in it and the movie kind of uh careens wildly from comedy to drama and back again uh like it's the kind of thing that's mostly comedy but then it ends with a character being shot to death on camera so like it's not there's not entirely comedy but uh it was a real it was a real fun movie um are women treated with as much respect as they deserve in it no not quite but uh the but it is a movie from 1933 it's super short it runs at a real fast clip as a lot of those cagney movies do uh, and it was real fun. It's called Picture Snatcher. And what and- might Jimmy Cagney sound like, Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'd be like, uh, well, I don't see why we have to put all this money into Mortal Kombat champions. <laughs> when, uh, the private sector seems to be handling the issue perfectly well. So that's that's my Jimmy Cagney impression. How was that? <laughs> Thumbs up. He didn't even specify S tier for me. Didn't even specify that. Is S tier good? I still don't know, by the way. S somehow is better than A, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't get it. But what movies alphabetically? What movies have you been watching that you liked other than Clifford? Um Tell me if this counts or not. This is a a a series of feature length documentaries by Adam Curtis. They are feature length. Uh called Can't Get You Out of My Head. And if that doesn't uh if that, if that doesn't fit the criteria, then his 2016 documentary, Hypernormalization. Um, I love Adam Curtis a lot. I think he's a great documentarian. He makes doc- – it's in the same uh, – who's the thin blue line kind of guy? Errol Morris. Errol Morris. Errol Morris. Same like, I'm going to make a documentary, and, but it's going to have style to it. And Adam Curtis uh, ju- just does these like really interesting documentaries about basically like – they're basically like philosophical um, – dissertations on how did we get to the hell we're living in right now mm. they're all and every one of his is like a just a different kind of uh looks at different facet of like the 20th into the 21st century uh and he just starts with these little stories and then he takes the little stories and he expands them to explain like these larger cultural kinds of um uh patterns and uh the new one uh, uh can't get you out of my head is like a six episode series of these feature length documentaries just like looking at how like individualism uh took over for collectivism Hmm. and how that is the the positives of that and also the negatives in in the uh 20 and 21st century that's like very fancy Mm -hmm. yeah very. and i think it'll show us our dynamic uh in the household (laughs) because what i'm gonna say is little shop of horrors rick moranis version oh yeah it is a fun time (laughs) and you reminded me of that because you were like what because i was like what movies do we watch because we have been on an 80s 90s kick yes over quarantine i I could have also said cruella by the way if we We saw cruella last night that was also pretty great too long but gorgeous um but yeah, Little Shop of Horrors with Rick Moran is so funny to me. It's like timeless. I could like still go back and just like, it's so funny. And I think that like, it's also one of the few for me movie musicals that is actually good. I think movie musicals are really hard and people keep trying to make them, you know, mm-hmm. nowadays. And they just like, don't work. But I'm telling you, Little Shop of Horrors. And plus I, you can sing it with a loved one. I think one yeah. of the best things about <laughs> Little Shop, other than, you know, how funny it is and how like, 
amazing the effects still are is also like in terms of making it work as a musical it walks that line between looking kind of like a stage production Mm -hmm. very stylized while still looking like a movie and Mm -hmm. yeah uh, that makes it work really well um guys thank you so much uh this has perked me right up thank you andy and naomi you sound healthier dan it's like laughter might be the best medicine Mm, uh, <laughs> Patch Adams uh, is not my. It has become my attending. So, uh, <laughs> uh, before we go, we're going to ask. Uh, I believe if you had any plugs, and if you wanted to mention your uh, where you can be fo- found on the web and such and such. Sure, uh, Naomi and I host a podcast called Couples Therapy, where uh, it used to be a live show, and then. After quarantine, it's uh, we basically talk to comedians and comedic actors uh, about their relationships and then answer listeners' advice questions. It's a good time. Uh, Natalie Morales, uh, yep. just, Plan who, B, great, uh, was just great mentioned, just... has been on the show before. Was James Cagney yeah. ever on the show? What might he sound like, Elliot? <laughs> <laughs> he was on the show. He was a relationship question. Oh, well, well, it's me, James Cagney. Uh, what, what, what's going on around here, Harvey? That's James Cagney, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. I guess for me, I guess we could, yeah, I just plug Couples Therapy, watch Myth- Mythic Quest on Apple TV. I think we're having a real good time. Naomi's, full of lols. Naomi's yeah. uh, uh, episode just debuted where she uh, is basically the main character. That is very sweet. But, you know, I, Carol's just in the back. <laughs> I have to, I have to admit, uh, I have watched Myth- and enjoyed Mythic Quest, and it was only after I, like, followed you on Twitter, I'm like, oh, shit. She's the HR person on Mythic Quest. It's so good. I, I, I really enjoy that show. Thank you for coming on for our video game episode. <laughs> it's a real tie-in. But, uh, I know, perfect. No, it's great. It's the kind of thing that we really should have made more of a big stink about at the top. That like there's an yeah. actual theme reason other than Andy just harassing on Twitter saying that you guys should talk about this movie. Wow, oh, harassing is a strong yeah, word pretty, for you to bring that wild. out here. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, maybe not harassing. Wow. In the last two minutes, we get. How <laughs> I've you been holding really it felt. back this whole time, just this rage I've been feeling. Andy, no, that- Andy's <laughs> been serving you these James Cagney softballs all day. <laughs> I know. I should really be thankful. It's too bad that James Cagney is one of the one of the people that I have no good impression of. Not that my other impressions, just one. as opposed to my other impressions, which are spot on Dead amazing. Flawless. You know, yeah. Exactly. Just super flawless. Exactly. Yeah. Flawless victory. So rich. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again. Thank you to uh, MaximumFun.org for uh, uh, being our network. I mean, that's not the name of the network. That's the name of the website. You can go to fu- check out mm-hmm. a bunch of other podcasts. I'm fading. I'm fading. It's finally happening. No, no. It's just like the uh, other day I went to I went and picked up lunch at Popeyes.com. Yeah. Was- yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you made him die, Elliot. Yeah. Stop it. He wants it to be done. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, thank you. I'm got. Yeah, I'm just gonna speed through it. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, tell people about us. Uh, you know, uh, thank you for supporting us. Anyway, for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington, and also thank you to Jordan Cowling for producing our show. Yes, thank you, Jordan. Sorry. I'm Elliot Kalen, or am I? Perhaps I'm James Cagney. <laughs> and thank you for joining us tonight. Naomi at Paragon. Andy Beckerman. Bye. 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 
you know, Stuart's the one who actually eats mangoes all the time, and yet I've somehow been painted with that brush. So. No, no, it's not that, Stu- the problem's not the eating of mangoes. The problem's that you once missed part of a movie we were talking about, because as you said, you had to go cut a mango up. And so, it took longer than I expected. That's become shorthand in our house. Sammy, my older son, he's always like, I'm like, Dan didn't do this thing, and he's like, what, was he busy cutting a mango? <laughs> that's, that's shorthand yeah. in our house for what Dan is busy with at the moment. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.